0: You are listening to a new episode of Beyond the Curtain Podcast presented by the Outlaw Wrestling Network. Uh, This is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Very bad Scorpio Sky impersonation. I do apologize for that. But hey, you summed upon the Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. One of the best wrestling podcasts on the Outlaw Wrestling Network and all of the entire world that's never been noticed. and probably never will. But hey, thank you for tuning in and listening to us, guys. Small, slight turnaround of the previous episode where we had dissected last week's AEW Dynamite show (laughs) Gave a rebuttal to a very interesting show that our friend from the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, Randall, did. This week is going to be a little bit different. We're going to turn the corner a little bit. We're going to give a little bit of the funk, a little bit of the sham, a little bit of the glam, a little bit of the glory. We are dissecting the All Elite Wrestling Dynamite show on TNT that just happened on November the 20th, 2019. Joining me on this wonderful podcast... As he does almost every week, because you got to make it a little bit, uh, little bit of a shim and sham, if you know what I'm saying, a little bit of shake and rattle and roll. But this week we are joined by the host of the Taking the Bump podcast, our boy, Jimmy Jam, James Beatley. Sir, how in the blue hell are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. If any uh anybody uh to my uh godforsaken re- rebuttal. I apologize do not let your kids listen to that. Um but uh uh I did release a new episode of uh Taking the Bump right before uh, AEW uh hit the airwaves tonight and uh talking about impact last night so check it out real quick while i if i can do a cheap plug before we start talking about it
0: yeah absolutely definitely definitely
1: yeah yeah so uh basically i went over uh well i don't want to i don't want to spoil all the details and talk about it again but we uh we talked about a controversy that happened yesterday as well as uh What's going on in Impact Wrestling? Why I think it's uh, one of the better programming on TV. So tune in and listen to that. It's live right now on Anchor. And uh, as soon as I figure out how to put it on YouTube, it'll be going on YouTube.
0: Hey, there you have it, ladies and gents. Definitely tune in to Taking the Bump. And we might as well just go ahead and get out of the way. <laughs> Check out the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast with Randall. It is a part of our family here at the LR Wrestling Network. So please check him out as well. You got to get a little bit of flavor from everybody, right? Am I right? So He's
1: he's supposed to be podcasting with us tonight, ain't
0: he? Hey, listen. Listen. (laughs) We're we're waiting. We're waiting for him. And while we're waiting for him, guess what we're going to do? We're going to just... uh, just waste time. Just talk about some time. That's all we can do at the moment. Um, so while we do that, before we get into the AEW review, and I'm guessing it's going to be a group effort of rebuttals, of rebuttals, of rebuttals, uh, a la of the Brock Lesnar promo of the best of the best of the best of the beast type of crap. Anyways, so uh, is is really anybody ready for uh, Survivor Series Sunday?
1: Look, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Um, the only reason I'm watching Survivor Series is because we're having a group get together and it gives me a reason to drink alcohol. So uh, that's the only reason why I'm interested in this show.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm not exactly... Yeah, I have totally forgot Survivor Series was even on until like three days ago
1: yeah yeah that's the thing I was it was last Friday I was getting my hair cut and uh, the lady that cuts my hair her name is Madison she's my best friend ever and uh, and uh, she uh, she asked when the next pay-per-view was and I couldn't answer so I had to look it up after she cut my hair hey Survivor Series on Sunday I had no freaking deal
0: yeah, of course, I mean, I am anxious to see it. I'm anxious at the brand supremacy thing. Um, not a fan of the 15 people in a match, but a, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. But uh, I think there are going to be some very good matches on the card, and we shall see what will happen. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. We finally have got our third and final guest of the hour. Probably longer than an hour, knowing our podcast, but that's okay. Yeah. But he's joined us better late than never due to some technical difficulties. But he's here in live and now and in person. So, uh, host of the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, Randy Randall Ram Jam Beatley. How in the hell are you, sir?
2: <sighs> I'm doing good.
0: And that's the most civilized as we're going to be for the rest of the show. So... Don't expect this to be your classic 1700s uh, discussion and debate about politics. This might get a little uh, little timid, a little argument, a little ugly. And that's, you know what? That's all right. So uh, before we get into our show today, which is a quick recap of AEW, we can even do a quick recap of NXT if you want. And like I said, quick though, quick, quick, quick. Yeah. And then... Get into the rebuttals of the rebuttals of the rebuttals of the rebuttals. I'm not sure if this is going to have an end. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I'm off work. Let's, uh, let's go into the night, shall we? But before we do all of that, um, I do want to kind of continue off of a, the previous episode of doing On This Day in Wrestling History. Just going to do a couple quick ones before we do get into... Uh, our show today. So, on this day in wrestling history, um, November 20th is a recording of this, so going off of November the 20th, um, the last Monday Nitro from Augusta, Georgia, happened in 2000. Um, nothing really happened there besides, uh, really, the only thing that I can see is that uh, the perfect event, Chuck Palumbo and Sean Stasiak, defeated... Alex Wright, and Ian Schubert to win the WWE World Tag Team Championship. Yeah. Um, 2002, um, at the NWA TNA pay-per-view in Nashville, Tennessee, Jeff Jarrett defeated Ron The Truth Killings to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So, <clears throat> interesting about that. And on this day in 2011... WWE Survivor Series from Madison Square Garden in New York City, where we had the never-before-never-again pairing of John Cena and The Rock teaming against and defeating Awesome Truth, The Miz, and Mark Truth. So, there's a little wrestling history of the day. And now we get into the Gucci stuff. All right. Get into the Gucci stuff. I'll leave it up to you guys, even though it is, I guess, hosted by me. What are we doing first, NXT or AEW?
2: Yeah, it don't matter to me.
1: Uh, Let's get into the stuff I know about. Let's hit the AEW.
0: All right, we'll get into the AEW stuff. Let's do it. So, so we don't even get a... uh, Opening uh, video of the show, we just go straight into the pyro. Nice, uh, different way of opening up. And we get into pander the crowd from Indianapolis, Indiana. And they've changed up the stage a little bit. Instead of doing the two screens on the top and the one screen in the middle, where it usually has a TNT logo and it's got the dynamite stuff on the top ones. We just got one big screen on the stage tonight, which a little different. Not sure if that was venue-wise or just something to be different, but interesting i enjoyed it a little bit um just keeps everybody on their toes as being different anyways uh get to the first match of the show nick jackson versus ray phoenix wow 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 that's a sh- that's a way to start a show to uh, let you do your quick take on that there james
1: Good grief. That could main event like any pay-per-view for any company in the entire world and would still be match of the night. I think it was match of the night tonight. Um, I think it might have been the best match on a dynamite show um, since just the eighth episode or seventh episode. Uh, the best match on dynamite so far up to date. Um, good grief, you know, for somebody, and people are always like, I don't like the young bucks because all they do is super kicks or you know, spotty moves. They uh, Nick Jackson showed that he can actually put on a pretty technical performance, uh, with a little mixture of high fives <laughs> in there as well. So, uh, I loved it. Uh, the action was high high intensity it, it felt like if you looked down for just one second, you would miss another move and uh yeah, so I don't know what sound like a dead dog just hit up in the in the background, but uh you need to, you need to fix that um but anyway, yeah, that match was fantastic um I think the finish was perfect i think um. I think this will continue the the seemingly never-ending Young Bucks uh, versus uh, Lucha Bros thing that they always fight and they always they always please the crowd with their fighting. So I love it. And anytime the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros or any combination of those people fight, I'm down for it.
0: Randall, <laughs> do you have anything to comment?
2: I, mean, uh, I just, I just from a, you know, wrestling. I get it's like one of the first times we see we've seen them do singles competition. I just you've seen the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks like eighty times this year, so I don't. I, to me, this wasn't anything special. I mean, the mat oh. like the match itself was good, but like the the pairing itself just we've seen it before so it didn't it didn't make anything special to me
0: understandable and uh so basically same thing happened there it was a good fast start to the show uh crowd was super into this uh i i i I don't know if there's any, like i I will mention this every single week that Ray Phoenix is on a wrestling on a show <laughs> I've never seen somebody handle the ropes the way that Ray Phoenix does. Uh, I mean, it's it should be borderline illegal what he does. He makes it look so dangerous, but yet so simple. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Ray Phoenix. Nick Jackson doing a great job as well. Um, so, good kudos to them on having a good match. Ended at uh, right about the 11-minute mark. Ray Phoenix getting the win. And uh, continue on. We get to Barit Breaker. Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida in a tightly contested uh, one-on-one females match. I would honestly say, and I, as much as I am a supporter of AEW and as much of a supporter I am of women's wrestling in general, we all know the struggles AEW is having with the consistency of the women's division. I think we all know that they've got a good women's division. I wouldn't put it on top of NXT's women division. Maybe not even some of the main roster women's division. They do have a very, very good roster. Uh they just kind of spotty with the with the way it's handled. But this was probably the best match on the women's division that we've had. Um definitely on dynamite, I feel like Maybe the Emmy Sakura versus Briho match from Full Gear probably is right about the best match. Um, but I think this Burt Baker versus Shida match is right there for that as well. Um, feel free to get any comments from that there, James.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, before I get into that, I forgot to mention on the previous match was how alive the crowd was and how... I don't know if this was a technical difficulty or it was just because the crowd was super, super into it and super loud. But they were louder than commentary for like the first 20 minutes of the show. And I want to tend to believe it was because that's how loud the crowd really is. Um, But until somebody proves me wrong, that's when I want to hold on to it. But getting back to this match, um, yeah, I think – I think the problem with the 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 AEW women's division, and it's hard to be super critical on AEW because they they're, they're just starting out. But that the women's division is their weakest link. Um, I would even go as far as to say, in terms of, um, ta- and not, not maybe maybe not talent wise, but usage of their talent. That impact has a, is doing a better job with their uh, their women's division, or as they call it the knockouts division than aew right now, and I hope it takes a swing towards the better for aew like It does seem to be the one part of of the company that's struggling a little bit, but this match it felt pretty good. It felt like they had chemistry. Um I didn't notice any botches that's the one thing that hurts this division is It seems like they have a couple botches in every women's match, but I didn't notice any in this match and the the surprise finish of Hiroshita picking up the victory over Britt Baker I wasn't expecting it um it's not necessarily a shocker or a surprise. They have been pushing. China and basically all the Japanese women pretty hard so far in AEW um but I I really am I'm kind of curious on why they're not really pushing Britt Baker. Um I think she she out of all the women they have might be that face that everybody knows and can draw people to want to be invested in the division but who knows? I I don't know the creative mindset behind that uh, as of now. And uh maybe Britt has other obligations she has to fulfill. But good match and uh I loved it. it wasn't the greatest match in the world, but for for the, the segment that it needed to fulfill, it was pretty damn good.
0: I agree with that. Uh Randall, any comments on this particular match?
2: Um for the for the match not really uh I do want to answer James's question uh, about why they're not pushing Britt um I think if I'm if I remember correctly when she signed she signed a part-time deal cuz you know she's a full-time dentist uh so I don't think they I mean it's not smart to push or or to push or put a title on someone who isn't going to be there every week um so um, uh, that might have something to do with it. Um, but for the match in general, um, I don't I just feel that, that the vision is leaning really heavy on the, the Japanese style. Um, and I think their biggest problem right now is that a lot of the women they're using as enhancement talents. Like last week, it was Danny Jordan. Oh, they, they're just starting to get their name into the world of wrestling so you got a lot of unexperienced and green fighters in your division Uh, give it two three years and I'm sure their women's division will be on par with NXT's and um, impacts and and it's kind of hard to you know when WWE WWE did make make a big uh, push the last like three years to seal up as many unsigned free agent for the women's division as they could. So it's, you know, when you're using what you're using right now, I mean, I'll just give it some years and I'm sure they'll get better.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is not every promotion is perfect by any means. Um Every promotion is going to have a weakness. Um And this is really AEW's only weakness at the moment that I feel like. So, um, not to say that you should be con- complacent with your the divisions. They're very good, and they're going to be very good for a while. So this gives you an opportunity to have a little bit more work done inside your women's division that um, can be built up and get back to prominence and relevancy as other divisions in that company will be for a couple of years. Um, match ended at uh, 10.23, by the way, so 10 minutes and 23 seconds. So we're also including the commercial breaks into that as well so that's the official time that i got on that we go to before we get into our
2: the event that cody's recording the time to prove me wrong Um, i find uh i find real funny well Well, when
0: when when you don't do your research and you say they're 20 minute (laughs) matches when they don't do a 20 minute match except for once on a show i have to you know actually put the times on here because (laughs) um nxt does the same exact thing but yeah we're not gonna we're not going to criticize that either. We'll, so we'll, we'll, we'll
1: get to the rebuttals later, gentlemen. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, thank you. The one guy that has an attitude <sighs> problem—not an attitude problem, but the one guy that sh- you would be shocked to calm us down is calming us down. Anyways, um, <laughs> and another thing to answer Rendell's rebuttal is the Dark Order. They finally get a vignette that I thought was actually pretty good, explaining a little bit going into a little bit of a character development explanation, a little bit of who they are, what they're going after. Um, it was interesting. It was different and I, I enjoyed it. So it finally gave us a little bit more in-depth look at to who the dark order is, what they are, what they're looking for, what they're searching for. Um, I hope we get that a, a little bit more every week. Mm-hmm. Get a little bit more familiar with who they are, what they are, what they want, what they are looking for. So, um, if you have a quick comment about that, you can. I uh, just thought that was very nice to finally get something to kind of sink our teeth into regarding the Dark Order.
1: When I uh, when I first saw that, and they would say I heard them say something before the Vineyard showed on commentary about the Dark Order. So I wasn't I wasn't very I was kind of confused on what this was. I didn't. Uh, I didn't recognize the big the big man's face, um, and uh, the vignette was weird and creepy, and everything you expect from a Dark Order like Como vignette thing. Um, and honestly, everybody is trashing on the Dark Order's ending work, and I have no idea why. Um, but who the hell screamed the in the background? But, um, sorry kids, if you're listening to this, um, but <laughs> um, it's always
0: good to get a random appearance from the senior. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> uh, but <laughs> uh, anyway, that's to the dark order. Um, but um, it. it I would I would run these vignettes on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis um, for a little bit um, and then just have them show up out of nowhere. I I wouldn't, like... I want them to build this character development. And that's something that I enjoy seeing because everybody's always talking about how it's just a bunch of indie spots and there's no story behind it. So let's actually fucking build a story and prove these motherfuckers wrong. Um, But... Yeah, I like the story that they're building with kind of the uh, cult following uh, thing. And for a while there, the hashtag, what was it, join dark order, was in the top 10 trending on Twitter for a while. But it kind of faded away after the segment ended. So, hey, it was, uh, I think it did its purpose.
2: Um. I'm not sold yet on these guys. Um, just the uh, just watching the promo or the the promo itself, uh, I felt like I've you know I felt like I've seen this before. It feels like it's a, a playbook steal from a certain character that's over very well in the other company. It reminded me a lot of the Fiend's promos. Like y'all gonna say it doesn't, but. It's basically the same promo. And that's all I gotta say about it. The fiend.
0: What? Um Yeah. Uh well that's that's an interesting uh point of view of looking at. It. No, I didn't record the, the vignettes and the promos, I just recorded the matches. So um we'll move on. Uh we get to the Diamond Dozen Battle Royal that I, I am I If they have explained it, I I still have not yet got to it. But Mm -hmm. they explained the match concept. They explained how it's going to happen pretty well. And then what they're fighting for. But we don't yet know what the purpose of this said ring is. So next week when we see the final two face off. Hopefully they give us some kind of backstory as to exactly what the ring represents, what it is for. Is it supposed to be what the number one contenders wear for a world title for your secondary title? What's going on here? Anyways, the diamond doesn't battle Royal. Um, a lot of interesting characters you got in here. You've got, uh, I'm not going to run down every single one of them, but Pentagon junior, you've got sunny kiss, Jimmy havoc, jungle boy, the one only Billy Gunn, Adam page. Um, there's all sorts of guys we've got in here. Um, just uh, your standard kind of battle royal thing. Um, they, I thought they did a very good job of hiding MJF at the last moment because while he got out of the ring, he fought off Billy Gunn and then kind of slid back under the ring for a second. Adam Page eliminated Billy Gunn. That kind of got the crowd like kind of hot a little bit as they eliminated one of their favorites, old timers, whatever. And then MGF kind of slid away sneakily from the camera. And for a split second, I really did forget about him because the final four was Chucky Taylor, jungle boy, Kip Sabian and Adam page. I was like, Oh man, that's an interesting final four. And uh, with with Penelope for their ringside kissing Kip Sabian, um, Add a little bit of the intrigue to it. And with uh, Chucky Taylor kind of being in there for a while, it was just like, uh, that's kind of interesting. Chucky Taylor's been here for a while. And it wasn't until after Chucky Taylor got eliminated that uh, I started realizing... I don't remember MJF getting eliminated. And then as Jungle Boy uh, eliminated Kip Sabian, here comes MJF, beats up Kip Sabian. excuse me. Beats up Jungle Boy, eliminates Jungle Boy. And our final two is... Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, and Adam Page to fight for this AEW dynamite ring, diamond ring, uh, next week on Dynamite. This match lasted 10 minutes and 13 seconds, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was like I said, it's kind of one of your standard battle royal matches, but could have been a lot worse. Um, mm-hmm. AEW's in a lot of these battle royals, so I um, haven't seen one since All Out, I would, but. Uh, shy away from that a little bit, if we can. Uh, Thoughts? Let me go first.
2: Uh, So, first off, I could have told you who won this match before the bell rung, simply for one reason. Out of the three people that got entrances on live TV without a commercial, you had Paige, MJF, and Billy Gunn. Well, Billy Gunn's not going to win the damn thing. He was there just to be a surprise entrant. So you got Paige and you got MJF. Here's how the business works. Let me let me let you in on a little secret of how the business works, or how it used to work. If you didn't, if you got had to go out to the ring and were not introduced on live TV, that meant you were going to lose. More than likely, it was going to be a squash match, and you didn't mean shit to the company. Or for that story line. So MDF, Adam Page, I could've told you it was gonna ring or was gonna win before the bell actually rung. That's all I gotta say. All right, my turn. Um
1: instead of shitting on the on the match, let's let's actually break it down. I thought it honestly, it felt like it was was rushed and like Cody said, 10 10 minutes and 13 seconds was the official time on this match. Um Compared to like a WWE Battle Royal, I feel like they actually kind of did it pretty quickly, and I enjoyed that because you know it's a two-hour show, and these type of matches don't need to don't need to run on and be extended. You just you kind of got to get to the point on some of these things. Um, you're building a storyline here and and I enjoy that storyline but for a brief minute please don't say I'm the only motherfucker that thought that uh, Orange Cassidy was just going to sit there and uh, become one of the two and not even touch a damn soul Um, but he had his little run in with uh, Billy Gunn and got eliminated by Maxwell Jacob Friedman um but um yeah I kinda saw MJF sneak out and I kind of saw where this was heading um from that point. Um but honestly for a second I, I was confused as to why they they didn't ring the ring the bell to end the match when Jungle Boy and uh Paige were Staring each other down, and then I realized that m j f was still not eliminated technically m j f just reminds me so much of of he's a better version or a the version of what the miz could be if he didn't have to be stuck in p g land um and m j f is just such a damn good heel, and i love it i love i love his heel turn i love every part of this, and uh the heat he gets. I think it's real heat, it's not cheap heat. So I love it. I love – I can't wait to see uh, Paige versus MJF next week.
0: Yeah, I think usually MJF is uh, probably the best heel, obviously, in the company. If not the best heel in wrestling, probably in the top three just because he does such a damn good job at keeping it as real as possible, keeping the kayfabe alive, you know, just playing the character and playing it as – as good as he possibly can in and outside the ring. So, I mean, he takes his uh, his craft seriously, which is always a good thing to have. And it uh, should be interesting to see where he goes from here and how Wardlow also is going to be affected by him because he did make an appearance here towards the end of the match. Um, big dude, so uh, anxious to see what Wardlow could do. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, should see what happens there. We go to... Chris Jericho's announcement. And like I say, we're going to try to speed this up a little bit more so we don't have to uh, uh, continue with this too much um, and drag on and drag on and drag on. Um, so we get to Chris Jericho's uh, uh, announcement. Jay Kager is with him. Le Champion announces that. Uh, well, he was trying to apologize for his tantrum last week, which re- basically resembled his tantrum from 1998 in WCW. But that's uh, it was just great how he did that. Um, he wouldn't say the word sorry. And this is where we finally hear Jay Hager speak for the first time. And he says sorry for him, um, which I thought was actually kind of funny. Um, Jericho says that he's going to make the AEW executives. He's going to make the Turner Executives thank him for all he's done. And next week is Chris Jericho's Thanksgiving Le Champion's Celebration. Uh, SCU comes out, Scorpio Sky You know, brags about defeating Jericho the week before. Um, you know, he's going to be hanging out with his high school sweetheart, Melanie Parsons, which leads to a Melanie chant, uh, which is interesting. Um, and then Chris challenges him to a one-on-one match next week to where – Scorpio Sky and Christopher Daniels are like, yeah, but we're going to need some time to do this. You know, we can't just do it next week. We got to, you know, we got to build up and, and get trained for it. Jericho's like, uh-uh, bud, you, you're facing me next week, Junior. And Scorpio Sky's like, yeah, but, I mean, it's not going to be for the championship or anything like that just because I don't deserve it. And Frankie Kazarian's playing up to that as well. It's It's great as to kind of lure Jericho into thinking that he's being outsmarted. And, uh, Jericho makes it official that next week on the show in the main event will be Les Champion, Chris Jericho fighting Scorpio Sky for the AEW World Championship. Nice little promo there. I thought they did a good job with that and setting up a very good, uh, interesting and intriguing match for next week. So, uh, quick thoughts about that.
1: I love Chris Jericho and his promo work, um... Good grief! He he could he could talk to a mute person, somebody that can't speak, and get that person over. Um, and I, I I think it's kind of funny. And hopefully, there really isn't a person by the name of Melanie Parsons that is alive, because you're gonna wake up with the old DMs slid into so hard tomorrow morning when you wake up. Um, and I apologize for. Your name getting trending on Twitter, um, and you're probably not understanding why. But uh, the promo was fantastic, and uh, I don't know. It seems like every week AEW announces matches that I didn't think that I wanted to see until they announce them, and this is one of them. Scorpio Sky versus Chris Jericho for the AEW title. Part of me thinks and hopes for a title change. I I don't know how they um will run this i don't know if they'll they'll have daniels and kazarian run as tag team champions or if the Freebird role even isn't in effect i don't know how that works in aew um but uh i would love to see scorpio sky as a world champion i don't know if they'll do it this early into um the storyline or what's going to happen here but this is a pay-per-view worthy match we're going to get to see next week on free television, and AEW seems to give us those type of matches every single week.
2: I don't know. Unless I, I just I don't know. I don't. I don't see the point of this match other than other than to. Like I don't see how it plays into like the storyline being built. Um, I mean, I, as of now, Jericho really doesn't have a true number one contender. So I, I mean, I guess he could challenge whoever he wants, but um, yeah, I don't know it unless they want to have Sky win the title and then let Kazarian and um. Daniel's use of tag titles I, I, get, I just I don't see a true purpose in this, other than to build further for the elite versus um, inner circle shit. That I mean, we all know is going to happen. Like I, I can probably predict every match for next week with a hundred percent guarantee and a hundred percent accuracy. There it is, that guarantee. If I, if I wanted
0: to, listen, bud, you're like one for seventy-eight on your guarantees. So, uh, <laughs> calm down with the guarantees here. Make a shirt of it. If you make a shirt of it and you actually order it and wear it, maybe it'll change. Um, I'll be pressing hard for that because I feel like you should make one. we um, <laughs> so get we get a quick little brawl between the uh, uh, inner circle and SCU. Jurassic Express comes out. I don't really know what the purpose was, but they did. And Hager actually would uh, at first stand up to Luchasaurus and then back down from him. So uh, giving a little tease of maybe a potential future match between the two. Um, I just can't wait to see Jake Hager in the ring. I can't wait to see how uh, different his style is, how more aggressive he is in the ring. Um, So uh, hopefully that comes sooner than later. Uh, I know he has that contract with is that is it Bellator still? Um, Bellator, yeah. yeah, um, so hopefully, whenever they give him the green light and he can wrestle, that'll be cool. Then we go to the quickest match of the night at 28 seconds. Uh, Luchasaurus demolishing, defeating, killing Peter Avalon. Um, is there anything else more we need to say?
1: No, I don't get Peter Avalon.
0: All right, we'll move on. Um, so then we go to our next match, which is the longest match of the night. Private Party versus Pride and Power- Powerful. That proud and Powerful. That is such a tongue twister. Santana and Ortiz. Tongue out, man, and uh, other dude. Puerto Ricans. Whatever you want to call them. Hopefully, oh, Jim it. Cornette. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, hopefully, Jim Cornette's not in the room. Um, good match. Um Thought it dragged on a little bit towards the end there, but it wasn't a horrible match. Uh, Private Party getting those reps in. Um, just continuing to get better. Proud and powerful. Uh, it's already, in a, to me, an established tag team. Um, they're very good in the ring, so um, interesting to see what happens with them. Um, I thought it was very, very, very cool how they honored Matt Travis, the T-shirt over the top ropes there, and... Um, Both teams did acknowledge him during their entrance, which was um, awesome. Very good that they did that. And uh, yeah, cool to see to do that. Um, Santana Ortiz would dominate most of the match there. And then uh, private party would come back there right towards the end. And then at the very end, the gin and juice from the private party. Ends the match. They get the win at fifteen oh four. Inner Circle tried to get in at the end of the match. Jump on everybody, but Dustin Rhodes made his return and uh, still had that cast on. Give it an old-school feel to that and uh, kind of laid out the Inner Circle there, so it was pretty cool. Um, thoughts on this?
1: All right, I'll go. I was going to give him some time to, to go first, but uh, I'll go instead. Um, I... I uh have fallen in in love with pri- uh, not Pride and Powerful. Uh Private Party. It's the PP battle of the PPs, um, tonight and uh private party uh, I don't know. I tweeted earlier on my personal Twitter account that they're a rich man street profits because I think they're more over than street profits. and uh they kind of fit the gimmick better. But uh they're super talented. I liked the ending of the match where um, Ortiz and Santana kind of like try to, try to do their heel tactics. And uh, Nick Jackson, I don't know how he was still wa- able to walk after his match earlier, stole the, the butter sock. And, uh, and uh, that's how Private Party picked up the win. On a roll up, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure co host number two doesn't like a roll up fixed a finish, right? Um, but a good, good match. I, I, I agree with you, I think it went a little longer than it should have. Um, but overall, solid match.
0: Go ahead and give it a shot there, Randy. He's mute. He dead. He's dead. He go. he go. He, he go. <laughs> <He gone. laughs> um Well, while we while we wait for him to kind of jump on back in here, it's just had a little bit of a technical difficulty. wait for him to get to that. Um, bring yeah. him out. Bring him out. Sir. Sure. My God, he's in Baghdad.
1: He's in Baghdad.
0: Wow, I don't know how that role switched. It went from James being a Baghdad to now Randall being a Baghdad.
2: Are you able to hear me?
0: Sir, are you in the battlefield or are <laughs> you safe in a hotel? Uh, can
2: you hear me talk? Let's answer this question. At you the moment, to- yes. Okay, good. That's all we need to know. Um, so... Um, I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't watch this match at all, so I'm not gonna put any uh, uh, comment on it. But yeah, does James don't ever say Battle of the Pee-Pee's ever again? Because that's not a that's not acceptable programming to be putting on it on, uh, on on anything. Look, I'm
1: a Joey Ryan fan. Okay,
0: uh, it's a different topic for a different day. Uh, we get to our main event of the evening: John Boxley versus Darby Allen. Uh, Darby had a cool little intro where uh, he was at a band's concert and put himself in a body bag. It had mock spray paint on it. They crowd surfed. I think members of that concert or whatever that video package was showed up on stage, dropped them off. Darby Allen came out of the body bag. The more that I see Darby Allen, the more that I absolutely just am immersed with uh, his character. Dude, it's just... He's different. He's reckless. He's just... He's awesome. I love him. Um, you got to like John Moxley. Mox is Mox. And as long as he's doing Moxley things, I I, I will like him. Um, the match, of, the start of the match was just <laughs> on fire where Darby just did a uh, suicide dive, tope suicida, whatever you want to call it from the inside to the outside on Moxley. And we get to a brawl outside the ring for a little bit. Uh, Darby just, uh, Tries to do some offense. Moxley shrugs it off. Um, Finally, get back into the ring where Moxley beats him up a little bit. And then uh, Darby tries to get a little bit of a momentum swing back. Um, Both men start to fight on the outside. Mox would eat the seal steps. And Allen began to almost try to break Mox's fingers. And it allowed uh, Moxley to, uh, or excuse me, Allen to get some control. and then John Moxley would actually tie up Darby in his own body bag, of course, and just beat the crap out of him. Uh, the ref almost stopped the match, but he didn't. And uh, finally, Moxley stopped that so Darby can get out of the bag. And then uh, Moxley tried to do a power slam. Darby counted it, did his stunner. He almost did his coffin drop, but he didn't. Moxley would hit a boss man slam. And then Darby would try to win on a Canadian Destroyer, just back and forth action. And, uh, well, and then we get to the finish of the match where we witness the death of Darby Allen. Um, John Moxley basically hits a paradigm shift from the top rope. The only thing that would have made it worse and would have certified that Darby was DOA was if it was full gear and they peeled back the canvas and the foam and it was just a wood, then, yes, um, we would would have witnessed a live murder on television. But yeah. anyways, Moxley gets a win in 11-13. Thir- Just, uh, Just a crazy match all around. A lot of spots, but you're going to get that from these two. Very good match to end the show. and uh, Yeah. Quick thoughts here.
2: <laughs> Quick
1: thoughts. Uh, Justin Roberts is the best uh, in-ring announcer in all of, all of professional wrestling. Um then, uh, the match was fantastic Darby Allen um, If you don't have a concussion I'm surprised If you're not dead I'm surprised uh, The match was fantastic And uh, I wish I wish we can See them again hopefully in the near future But maybe not um, And uh, Yeah uh, Give me more of Moxley Give me more of Darby uh, Again it's not your technical masterpiece This isn't going to be a five star match um, but it serves the purpose of the hardcore. Yeah.
2: <sighs> Let's see here. Uh, well, the only place you're going to see Darby Allen is in a wheelchair in the next five years. Um, I, I I don't get his character. I mean, I I don't get his character at all. I mean, at all. I I don't. Again, it's I get Styles or like you can like the style and I just don't understand how in this day and age people can cheer for people who are literally could could die in the middle of the ring um yeah I, I don't really I didn't watch the match because I was actually watching a main event that had main eventers in it and not lower mid card low card talent so yeah
0: all right, guys. Um, so that concludes this uh, AEW for this week. I thought it was a solid uh, B plus on this. Um, you know, second week removed from full gear. Um, not a bad way to end the show. Sets up some very interesting stuff happening next week. Should be interesting about that. And uh, yeah, so we'll get into uh, get into more here in just a moment. We got us a little bit of plugs. And then we'll come back with some more interesting topics so be right back here on beyond the curtain just a hot second boy I'll tell you what uh with anchor and net you always know you're gonna get some hashtag good shit so gotta thank anchor of course for giving us the opportunity to do all this stuff free record with all of our friends for free edit all this stuff for free and we get to read ads And make as little money as possible. So, uh, yeah, appreciate that, Anchor. Moving on to topic number two for the evening. It is the NXT recap. We'll try to make this a little bit quicker than we did of the AEW recap. Mainly because I think uh, two of the three really didn't watch much of NXT. I did watch uh, just a little clips here and there. Um, I didn't watch every single piece of it. I just watched only um, a couple couple little uh, minutes here and there of it so I did not watch every single thing of it so uh, Randall you'll kind of take the lead over here on that uh, so uh, NXT recap did, uh, did you watch any of it uh, James? Uh,
1: absolutely not
0: okay so you don't really want to have much of a uh, thought press on that so Randall if you want to go ahead uh, I may intervene a couple times from what I did see but I'll let you kind of recap uh, from your end. Cool. So, um, uh, NXT
2: started, you know, you had the three and a half minute long intro here and now forever video that they always put on. Um. Anyway, but when uh, the NXT act program actually started, it started with Becky Lynch sort of walking through the curtain. Her music played. Basically, she said something about Answering Triple H's open invite to the main roster. Um, which I just have a quick question that I haven't figured out about NXT is if Triple H is like the front man, why is William Regal still the GM? I've never quite understood that. But a um, question. Uh, other than that, uh, so she comes out as a promo ba- directed at Baszler, basically saying. Hey Baszler, I came here to fight. Um, and then uh, Baszler doesn't come out. Instead, Rhea Ripley comes out. They have a match in which, um, excuse me, um, about towards the end, of- Baszler and uh, Shafir and Dukes come out and. Ends in DQ, um, and then Becky and uh, Ripley sort of clean the ring, and that's the first segment. Nah, you know, not not much. And I sort of expected a lot of uh, main roster people to come on today. I didn't expect as many as we got because we got a lot. There's a long list of main roster people that we can name off that can't, did some spot anyway. Um, uh, they went to commercial, they came back, and Kona Reeves, which I didn't even think was on TV yet, but he was walking down to the ring, he was supposed to face Riddle when, out of nowhere, Ricochet attacks, and it's Ricochet versus Matt Riddle, um, sort of a good reunion match of Ricochet's time in, uh, NXT, um, And Ricochet ends up picking up the win on this one. No, he doesn't. Never mind. This one also ended in DQ because Cesaro Nakamura attacked um, a lot of DQs tonight, which I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of. But um, I'm trying to remember everything that happened in its correct order. I think next was the... um, Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai, which this was just trying to uh, get everyone who has never watched NXT UK familiar with Kaylee Ray since she's going to be in the War Games match on Saturday. Um, she picks up a victory. Um, no no one interfered in this one for the main roster. Um, so we're moving on to I I I don't have the official time for this one, but I think this was the uh, it was it took forever. It felt like it was the revival versus, um, undisputed era, which, um, I would have rather seen them fight in the triple threat at Survivor Series, but I guess we sort of got a, a quote unquote dream match tonight in which undisputed era finally won after like thirty minutes um so this match took forever which so before you guys yell at me about liking this match and it taking forever, this is a a once in a lifetime match we're probably never gonna see it again in n x t so I'm gonna let this one slide for how long it was um just because it wasn't it it was a one off type thing um. Next, let's see what else happened. Uh I think the the final part was the main event, which was a ladder match winner gets um their teams will take an advantage for um war games. Basically, they'll have the advantage starting the match and Representing Team Undisputed Era was Adam Cole, and then representing Team Champa, which isn't actually official yet. They're they're still missing one person, so I'm expecting a uh, surprise entrance and a debut on Saturday for Team Champa. Um, but representing Team Champa was Dominic Dijakovic. Um which at first I, did, I didn't like him on NXT now i'm really starting to to really uh get get into his character a little bit more um but anyway this was a good hard hitting match um adam cole picks up the win um and then after that gets attacked by a whole host of superstars um that we can list um, a whole bunch of a bunch of Raw guys, A bunch of SmackDown guys, um, came in and and attacked, and we had a big chaos finish to end the show. Drew McIntyre comes out, takes out Riddle, and then Seth Rollins and Ciampa in the show beating the hell out of each other, and then it just cuts off the black while they were, like, Rollins was setting up the stomp, and then like he was running to do it, and then they cut the show. So I don't know if he hit the stop or not, but uh, it was a weird ending. I think they ran out of time because they, they went two minutes over what they normally do. So I'm sure law and order was telling them to hurry this one up. But anyway, that's that's NXT you for you.
0: So of the stuff that I did see, and I'm looking up the results as well to kind of follow along and see what else happened that I missed. Um, looks like the only thing you did not mention that I did not see any of was the Viking Raiders and the Forgotten Sons. Yes, that match. Pretty... That that,
2: I don't know how I missed it because that was, to me, the match of the night. Uh, I, I'm i 100% um, in my feelings that Viking Ro- uh, Raiders should have never been moved up to the main roster. Um, I get you wanted to make it like the whole the summer. It was the summer of the Undisputed Era. I get it, but the War Raiders, first off, they still need to be called the War Raiders. Um, But Viking Raiders are the best team, I think, in the company right now, in my opinion. Um, And the Forgotten Sons put on a very good match. Uh, And I think I forgot, um, I said there was no interference after Kaylee Ray's match, but that is when the whole SmackDown women's roster or lower card came out and just attacked the fuck out of them.
0: So, yeah. Um, I was going to say that's very apropos. You forgot about that match when the Forgotten Sun's on. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you on, on the Viking Raiders thing. They should definitely be still called the War Raiders. I do think they're probably the best overall tag team in the company at the moment. They're believable. They're big. They're strong. They're powerful. They got strength. They got size. They got speed as well. They got agility as well. Overall, just very good, very good tag team. Uh, like I said, probably the best in the company. So, and then the only things that I really caught, I did catch the. um end of the Becky Lynch match um, with her and Ripley. That was uh, kind of a dream match there for sure. But yeah, I didn't like the fact that it ended in a DQ and we had uh, basically a brawl that happened with those four between um, Shafir and Duke with Baszler and Ripley and Lynch. Whatever, but ended in a a little brawl. Uh, Then I saw... um, I turned right as the um, Ricochet-Matt Riddle match happened and Matt Riddle got the win. Um, and then uh, some, some of the SmackDown guys came in, beat up uh, Ricochet and Riddle. Um, they go to the crowd a little bit, and then that whole thing happens. The Balor comes down. Um, that whole thing happened there. And then the only other thing that I did catch on this was the um, tail end of um, Adam Cole versus uh, Dijakovic. as only because, like I said, NXT kind of went over a little bit. So as soon as uh, AEW went off the air, quickly turned over to USA and saw the very tail end of that match and watched the chaos that ensued with that. So... um, As much as I want to rebuttal about just this show specifically, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to ask a simple question as um, of the three segments that I watch, they all ended in some sort of brawl. And yet we criticized AEW ending on brawls. And I get that. I get that. This is a go-home show for a pay-per-view. But the whole show had brawls in it. Why?
2: Why? Because the whole idea is brand supremacy.
0: But or, you have a pay per view this Saturday. So how do you even build up for that?
2: Okay, so we can argue the whole point about whether or not games should have been this week because you and me both agree that it should have been moved right. to a later date. However, uh, just like Morrow said when Champa attacked Cole and then he's, cause he's, he because he see that he said, "Oh, he wants Goldie back, but he cares so much about NXT." He's got to protect his brand. So the whole idea right now um, is, uh, you know, you're, you're trying to set up for both pay-per-views for this weekend. Um, I think they did a very good job for it. But the for the longest time, this was my biggest thing with this brand supremacy thing. For the last like two or three weeks, it looked like NXT was getting the heads up and Raw SmackDown wouldn't answer back this was their answer back um and it's back to almost even now i personally think at survivor series nxt is going to win almost every match um just as a way to you know get support for that brand because that's someone that needs help in terms of viewership i mean they all need help but um that's the one that's sort of you know doing the worst in terms of viewership, and any anything they can do to get people to tune into NXT, they're going to do. Um, however, I mean, I, I think there was a lot of a, a lot of bras in it, but yeah, these were just you know Triple H sent an open invite, and so everyone's going to come type thing. I think NXT responds on Friday. Um. The thing I really want to know is is how is uh, Cole going to do? Like, he's going to do like four matches this weekend. So,
0: yeah, uh, while I I just I don't agree with the brawls and everything. It was just stupid, stupid, stupid booking of the fact that you're going to put an NXT pay per view before this whole brain supremacy thing, and it's just yeah, just horrible. I definitely horrible timing. What I,
2: what I wish they would have done was move War Games to December and just cut TLC because I really don't care about TLC to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, hell, you could have just done. Yeah, I mean, you could have done anything else. I would have literally would have taken anything else over having and and I'm not saying that NXT is not going to be a good show. It absolutely will be a good show. It's probably going to be probably going to be better than Survivor Series. But the only thing is, I, I think Survivor Series will be really good because of the NXT guys. So. It's a it's a it's a two par thing there, but it's just it infuriates me the fact of how could they let that happen? And I get that the whole Saudi Arabia thing basically forced them to do this, but it's like well, man,
2: here's where, here's how I look at it. I as much as people don't want to say this, I'm a hundred. I'm about to use a word you don't like. I guarantee it was a work. I think the whole Saudi Arabia thing is a work. Um, they needed a reason that for NXT to be on the show. And to do an invasion angle, and what a great way to make Saudi Arabia, you know, look. Because there's no way you you have problems and 24 or 48 hours later. You resign for another three years. It's a work. It's definitely a work.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, that whole situation was just fucked up to begin with, whether it's a work or not. But that and that's not a bad idea. To it's definitely different. It's definitely something. I would have not came up with, to be honest with you. um, Or at least I, it was something in the left field that would have definitely, it got people talking for sure. And it, it definitely helped SmackDown get the, to get the best ratings they've had on Fox because of that. Um, it also
2: took the, it took the, the load off of the big thing in WWE for the week going into that was the whole jo- Jordan miles thing. And they wanted to sort of sweep that under the rug. And so what, Yes, you still look bad because you left your people in Saudi Arabia, but now they're not talking about you being racist with the whole Jordan Miles situation, and that just sort of got overlooked. And so that's another th- I think another thing they were trying to do was to sort of sweep that under the rug.
0: Yeah, and even if they did it, that, that was not a work. You know, say they got back in time and they still brought NXT in. Um, it's I still it would have been a brand supremacy thing for sure, but um, yeah, I just... It's just very bad timing with regards to I, uh, my, that whole I, thing.
2: I, I if it, if it was me, I would have either waited for the brand supremacy to be a WrestleMania thing, and I would have had them invade at WrestleMania. Because what's a better way to, you know, invade than on the grandest show of of it all? Um,
0: That's a good point.
2: What I want, but now that we're getting it now, I want. To continue to our NXTs on a lot of these other big shows, like NXT, I would love to see Kyrie Sane versus Io Shirai in Tampa. That'd be great to sort of end that feud because they really didn't have a proper ending.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: and so that would be great. Um,
0: Having an NXT feel in the Rumble would be nice. Uh, yeah. Just more than just two people because you usually, you usually will have right. a surprise or two, and they've usually been right. just two or one or two NXT people, but actually. And- have for 10 some each.
2: Reason, for some reason I have a feeling I'm gonna see that gray NXT briefcase at Money in the Bank. So uh
0: Which to me was weird that EO won that match and it was to uh what have her team have the advantage yeah. for war games. Yeah. They won it was a fucking briefcase. Like I, I don't right. know what you could have put in place to right. win that, but just weird that it was a briefcase to <laughs> As that being the, the, the token of the trophy of well yeah, now we got the have, advantage guys. Right. Hell, could I could have put a little mini put, steel cage figure up there.
2: I mean you could put a clipboard with like a certificate or something on it that you give the <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the briefcase was weird. But
0: Yeah, James, any uh, final thoughts before we uh move on to our main event of the evening? Is James alive? <sighs>
2: Did we bore you to death with NXT?
0: (laughs) (laughs) James, Jimmy, Jam, James, Beatley. Hey, fag. (laughs) Jim Cornette's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well. Well, there goes that. Um. So there's the NXT recap for you as well. Um, a little bit quicker, of course, than the AEW recap, but is what it is. But at least we did get to both shows tonight, which is great. It's good to get both shows into there. The uh, first time I've done that on this uh, on this show since AEW, so I was glad to at least do that. Um, we get into the rebuttals and the final thoughts of the main event of Beyond the Curtain next. I'm to do some plugs here for both shows that you'll listen to and in just a moment, and we'll be coming back with the rebuttals. Right wait, after this. Oh, wait, just kidding. Wait. Just kidding. I'm
1: He's, alive. And, He's alive.
0: He's alive. He came back from Baghdad.
1: I'm back, and I'm better than ever. And then you're
0: gone. 83 days later. Anyways, go ahead.
1: <laughs> um, I thought I was never going to get an opportunity to speak on NXT, uh, but uh, have y'all ever thought? I, I think. I listened to y'all talk about how war games shouldn't have happened before. They could have made it work to where they focused on war games on NXT and did the brand supremacy shit on Mondays and Fridays and focus on war games on Wednesdays. But they didn't. That's my only thing. You focus on NXT product on NXT and main roster shit. They they focus on
2: on, – look. They've been focusing on both since the whole brand supremacy thing even got announced. Uh, because they've been building for War Games for like the last three months. Uh... Okay,
1: and, and, and that's great. But, y'all are talking about how War Games should have been pushed back. They can still, they could have still built the program better so that War Games actually has a, some sort of purpose because nobody's gonna give a fuck about what happens at War Games.
2: Um... I mean, see, it's so, not the problem with so that's, that's, the problem isn't the events before Survivor Series. The problem is that you're expecting me to think that Adam Cole and Champa hate each other, but then they're attacking raw together, and that's the problem.
0: That and for the people that are fighting the very next night on Survivor Series, if they took if they had matches the night I, before. I better be expecting them to sell the shit out of those injuries.
2: Like here's the like Adam Cole literally fought tonight. He's gonna fight Saturday night in war in a War Games match of all matches, and then he's gonna fight either. I think it's gonna be Damian Priest. We'll find out on Saturday where he's gonna fight uh, the winner of the Triple Threat for the NXT title at Survivor Series. So he's gonna have three hard hitting matches, that, and you're gonna expect me because he's he's gonna come out and no sell him. So I mean I see where the Cody where Cody's coming from. So
1: yeah, but see, sure I don't care. Honestly, WWE product sucks in the first place, so I haven't watched a single ounce of it. Um, hey, you'll um, watch it this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, like I said before the show started, the only fucking reason I'm going to Survivor Series is because it gives me a reason to drink.
0: <laughs> Should have a drinking game just for you. Hopefully, your brother drives you there so that way you don't drive home. I mean, I got a
2: bottle of Fireball in the car. So
0: <laughs> well, drink see, on I, the way.
2: I, I, I'm bringing a
1: friend, and I owe this friend beer, so I'm buying beer for her. So ew. She said Miller Lite is what she wanted.
0: Ew. There may be a little bit of surviving Survivor Series games going on, and. Uh, <laughs> This should be interesting. Maybe we do a live feed of uh recording live feed of what the hell's going on during Survivor series. <laughs> we'll see. Live on um, the curtain. Yeah, yeah, hey, listen, it ain't gotta be on this. We you just somebody press record on their phones and we'll just mash it all up. <laughs> but <laughs> put on everybody's anyway, show.
1: But anyway, one last thing on NXT before we can get on to the main event. Um and I hate that I have to bring our our private group chat into the public oh, sphere, God, Jesus Christ! Um, but um, <laughs> you, 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 Mr. Randall, beat me.
0: for, uh, bro. I thought you were going to Hulk Hogan for a second.
1: <laughs> you, my brother, brother, brother. Um, you, uh, <laughs> you said that that was the way to end a take-home show, and from what I understand, it ended in a fucking brawl. Which, if I remember correctly, was the same exact thing you criticized AEW doing on their take-home show.
2: AEW wasn't doing a brand supremacy thing.
1: Uh, But they were setting up four fucking storylines.
2: And that was the fourth one in a row, fourth show in the first five that ended in a brawl. How
0: How many... How many Raw and SmackDowns in NXT since his brand supremacy have we had ended a brawl?
2: None of them have ended. and, and so Beside of today that I can remember, I don't remember a Raw or SmackDown ending in a brawl. Brawls have happened, but they haven't ended in them. Like Raw normally ends with the, the Lana Rusev thing. For, for the longest, that's what was ending everything. Or SmackDown I normally ends with Bray Wyatt attacking somebody.
1: I couldn't tell you how Raw ends because I know he turns the TV on at 8 o'clock I'm laying in my bed and I start listening to it and I fall asleep about halfway through the damn first match so um that's how boring Monday Night Raw is now that I I fall asleep I usually don't go to bed until like one thirty in the morning and I fall asleep watching Monday Night Raw at 8.15 every fucking Monday
0: well at least know your best sleep is coming on Monday nights <laughs> Either way, AEW is not doing brawls the past two weeks, and I would imagine that after Survivor Series, we won't be seeing many brawls and these shows in general. So once we get all this shit out of our system, we'll go back to our regular scheduled programming where we don't have to to worry about that every single week. Uh Yes. So any last thoughts before we officially get to our main event? Let's get to our main event. All right. The curtain call is coming up next. We've got to do a couple little plugs real quick, and we'll be right back here on Beyond the Curtain where we get to our curtain call main event of the evening. The rebuttals of all rebuttals.
2: Hey, y'all. This Randall round be of the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, and any place you listen to your podcast. for, if you want a no-holds-barred, no-fucks-giving approach to the world of wrestling, check out the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast.
1: Well, howdy-ho there, motherfuckers. It's James Beatley. I hope you're enjoying the content on the Beyond the Curtain podcast. And as a member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, I'd like to just take a moment and plug my podcast, the Taken the Bump podcast. Um, It is a weekly podcast. I try to at least put out one episode a week um, going through the hottest topics in professional wrestling. Um, I tend to focus more on impact wrestling and all elite wrestling um but I will span the entire uh profession the entire genre of professional wrestling um for more info and to listen to all previous episodes, follow me on twitter at t the b podcast and follow me on Facebook taking the bump podcast um you, y'all can message me y'all can comment. Uh, Get in touch with me. Ask me questions if y'all want to partner up in any way. um, Be a guest on the show. I'll gladly take all questions and comments. uh, Send them to me on either of my social medias. It's James Beatley, host of the Take Into Bump podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled content. Mm
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, ladies, we are here for the curtain call, which is the main event of the show and of the evening. We are on the cusp of the rebuttals of all rebuttals, shall we say. All I got to do is wait for the final guest to show up. There he is. So now we're all here. We've all plugged every one of our shows. I'll do mine at the very end, I guess, because I've just had you guys previously. So, here we are. Now, to catch everybody up on what's been going on in the Outlaw Wrestling Network in the past couple of days, a friend at Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, Ram Jam, has uh, as it released an episode. Basically, it was initially about, uh, I guess I talked about the ratings and why they don't matter. But dives more into that The whole show, uh, not the whole show, but quite a bit of the show was uh, just marking on the fans, marking on the, uh, on the AEW lovers. Um, yeah, you threw some shade at Ross Smackdown NXT as well. And then yeah, you criticized wrestling fans as a whole, saying wrestling is cool. And overall, it's just a very pessimistic podcast. And then...
2: Realistic, not pessimistic.
0: Pessimistic. And then...
1: That's that's another t-shirt you need to make. Realistic, not pessimistic.
0: I bet you Vince Russo would buy the guarantee shirt, (laughs) pessimistic, not realistic, whatever that is. He'd buy both of them. And if you do, then I'll go back on just about everything I've ever said in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But still, you need to make those shirts. It'll happen. I promise you, eventually they will sell. Maybe it's the wrong people or the right people, but they will sell. Anyways.
1: You can sign sign them to the Chinese. For three three dollars, and they'll make a hundred
0: and fifty million. Hey, give some to the Chinese. At least you can say you gave them to people. Um, <laughs> own a sweatshop factory. Have them wear your shirts while they make your shirts. Now that's some kind of like superiority shit, right there. Um, and then our boy Jimmy Jam James <laughs> fired or fired the the first rebuttal. Yep. If and,
2: you to, and if you're listening with your f- kids in the <laughs> in the house, please wear headphones.
0: You need to make sure that you put a discretion that your thing is, like, rated M for mature, R for whatever.
2: <laughs>
1: I only get that way when I am passionate about something.
0: Warning, he's going to do it again. So,
1: <laughs> and
0: going to go ahead and put was, the discretion on now.
1: I was sitting... And At a bar
0: on in the inside?
1: <laughs> I was sitting in my truck, and I was like, I'm
2: going to shoot this motherfucker down.
0: Shooting is what you did, my friend. Shooting is what you did. <laughs> yeah, you shot with uh, a
2: musket that had the aim of a, of a porn star.
0: It was fire-ready aim, not aim or ready-aim-fire. <laughs> so you completely buck tradition on that one. Anyways, you fired the first shot, and... I appreciate your enthusiasm and your in your passion and I, I am not I'm not uh, saying that I disagree there may be one or two things I disagree with you on but not a whole lot um I turned it off because you were yelling at me you his feelings yelled at them um i I just need to understand why you sounded like you were very out of breath right <laughs> I was mainly concerned about you about <laughs> I didn't know if you had just, um, got done doing something that we don't know you did.
2: Um, I'm never sitting in that truck again.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just—I was concerned. I was concerned for you. That's all I was, I was concerned.
1: I was sitting in my truck, and I don't were know you ops? You... I mean, what, what was going on there? <laughs> no, no, there, there was no AC in that truck. I didn't have engine on or anything. It was hot inside my truck,
0: so the windows were seaming up. <laughs> what are you saying? I, I had to
1: I had to conserve energy, so I had to <laughs> hold my breath for a little bit.
0: <laughs> Usually, you hold your breath doing a different kind of exercise. Uh, <laughs> hey,
1: and, and I was so I was so passionate. I was yelling so much. That I just
0: couldn't get my breath back. Understandable. Sounded like a baby whale giving birth, man. It was <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> I was afraid for you, like I said. So, anyways, yes, you fired the first rebuttal and uh it was a very entertaining one. I will give you that. It was very entertaining. Um I fired the second one with uh a little bit more calm demeanor, not as Yelling, screaming, I cussed a little bit, but nah, not nearly as much as you did, but that's okay. And, like three uh, words at
2: the very end, so.
0: um, Kind of give a it little bit more sad. full breakdown of the whole show instead of the first, you know, the first few minutes of it. So, um, which leads us to tonight, and I have no idea where this is going, which sometimes creates the best product.
2: I didn't know we were going here. If I would have known we were going here, I wouldn't have joined.
0: But you're hearing oh. now- that. That's all that matters. And this is where we're going. <laughs> so
2: we figured out we figured
1: it out, dude. We figured it out how to get him to do a thus so debate. Just don't tell him we're doing it and then just pop it on.
0: I'll say what the main event is and I'll switch over the whole event. Is. <laughs> You're going, I don't want to do this. And uh so, I, I, like I said, I don't know where we're going with this. Um where the well, fans first, at the that are listening are going, what the hell are they gonna talk about after after all this?
2: Well, first off, if I can uh, say, uh, if you go to the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast now, there is an episode up that already responds to them. So, uh,
0: yeah. Well, let us hear it. If not the rebuttal on the show, give us a synopsis of what you said, because evidently we were not notified of this. Maybe we were, and we just didn't recognize it. Uh, I think we were notified, but we... uh, didn't really listen to it. I think it was only a 13-second long clip that we saw. You you just
2: saw the first intro.
0: Oh, okay.
2: uh, Which was... I don't know if y'all have ever seen the the, uh, movie Django Unchained, but the funniest part of that whole movie uh, is... And don't take this the wrong way, because I don't think the KKK is funny. But... Oh, oh, but... Okay, Jim Cornette. During the movie, it was when, you know, the KKK members first got together and they were planning their first raid and they got the the hats for the first time. And it was just funny. And basically the dude was just going off about how everyone was criticizing. And there's a line in there where he was like, my wife collected 30 bags and worked all day for you ungrateful sons of bitches. Uh, And all I get is criticize, criticize, criticize. And so that's all I get for working so hard to produce great content for the Outlaw Wrestling Network. And I produce great content, different content, because James and Cody basically agree on about everything. So me being the only difference here. And yet all I hear is criticize, criticize, criticize. And so I basically just. I was, I'm probably going to repeat myself. So, uh, on on these rebuttals, I'm going to let you guys again re, re, uh, do your rebuttal to me again, and I'm just going to answer basically the same thing I said on my podcast I released today. So,
0: well, oh, yeah. on our I mean, on on our recent episodes, we we answered to the first. Well, it, it was our first rebuttals On to you. Your now right. new episode is rebuttal against us. Yes. So, what is what is the synopsis of this? If you can try to dwindle it down a little bit, maybe hit so, on the bigger points if if there right. are.
2: Oh, perfect! Points. I have those written down,
0: there you go. Uh, and we'll go from there.
2: So, let's. Uh, the first point is about twelve sentences long.
0: Shit. So basically, a paragraph. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so this is basically notes I took while listening. I didn't take notes listening to James because, one, you could barely understand him because he was breathing too hard. And, two, I would have probably had a whole paragraph of just straight F words if I were to start writing. (laughs) James,
0: before we get into rebuttals, are you in an air conditioning spot where you have to No, I
1: I had to turn the fans off because they make too much noise.
0: Here we go. (laughs) It's part two. Anyway.
2: But I got Gatorade,
0: so... So, now, before you get into it real quick, is this, like, a bunch of points into one, or is it kind of one big point into this?
2: So, I got five points, and this first one is basically just a whole bunch of things uh, into
0: one. Okay. So, I'm going to need to write some of this down, so I have no idea what the hell I'm going to be forward to. Okay. Um, Well, then, James, we'll let him tell his paragraph, and then we will... We'll kind of, well, we'll figure out how to kind of react. But go ahead. Okay.
2: So, for my first point, and this is probably the most important point, is that you guys completely misunderstood the whole point of my first podcast. The whole point was that everyone, well, I'm not going to say everyone, Um, a majority of AEW fans look at the ratings. Now, I know Cody made this a point in his rebuttal. That he doesn't look at the ratings and sort of brags about it, Um, which I do give him credit. And when I described AEW fans in this podcast, I was not talking about us. I was describing those that only watch wrestling, and that's the only thing they know of. And they don't know anything outside the sport of wrestling. We, We have these people who didn't even know who Tyson Fury was. When I don't even watch boxing and knew who Tyson Fury was, um, there's certain things like that. Like I said in the original one, when Corey Graves will make remarks about sports, you'll have people who don't understand that. So that those were who I was shooting on, um, and those are what I would consider marks. Anyway, my whole point of the original podcast was saying these people who look at AW's ratings and go, "Oh, we're we're seven and O." Oh, um, don't understand that both shows get the same number of views over the matter of the week. It's just we're looking at the number of who watches live, and of course AEW is going to be watched more live. And the bigger bigger point is that marks will be marks, and will watch anything that has the word wrestling in the marquee. And what we're seeing on Wednesdays is is the split between the 1.8 million fans that consistently watch wrestling. And I'm getting this 1.8 number from the lowest amount of watchers that watch Raw. When Raw ends at 11 o'clock and the the show ends, there's about 1.8 million who who have watched through the whole three hours. A painful three hours. And then at the end of SmackDown, we'll get somewhere between 1.8 and two million, st- still watching. I would actually say Raw is a lot better than SmackDown, which, as a f- if I was a Fox exec, I'd be kind of pissed. But um, and then you combine AEW and um, NXT's uh, numbers, and you'll get somewhere between 1.6 and 1.8 million. So let's just go with the 1.8 million number. And what we're seeing on Monday is those 1.8 are watching Raw. On Fridays, they're watching SmackDown. On Wednesdays, really the only day where they have to split what they watch. And so when we look at watching Raw, AEW because of really the lack of access to watching it after it airs, because they don't air it after they don't air it right after the original live broadcast anymore. The lack of act, and I mean, the only real only other place you can watch it is On Demand if you record it, or I think you can download the TNT app and watch it there, whereas it's more accessible to watch NXT the day after because it's on the network and it's on Hulu, and then, of course, you can DVR it. Um, but in reality, the Marks are watching both shows. They're just watching one or the other live. Um, Cody made the point in... His rebuttal that, and I even admitted I was wrong about the whole WCW Monday Night Nitro versus Monday Night Raw thing, people did flip back and forth. It was a thing. We don't have to do that anymore. And so I don't think nowadays, more so necessarily, people are flipping back and forth because we have the technology to record and to watch the day after. And the majority of the people that I talk to on Twitter who watch wrestling, watch one live and then go back the next day and watch the other one. Um, There's both of you came out and said that I hate the business. And if I hate the business, why do I watch the fact of the matter is I actually love the business, but I feel we blame creative for a lot of the shitty product that is out there whenever. And however, the fans cheer for shitty characters and gimmicks that aren't worth giving titles to, like Stunt and Orange Cassidy, yet bitch and complain when Vincent Kennedy McMahon gives them exactly what they want, like he did at WrestleMania gave them Becky as dual champion, gave him Kofi as champion, gave him Seth as champion. Yet, when all of that flops, instead of blaming ourselves as wrestling fans, it's easier to blame Vincent Kennedy McMahon and then wonder why he doesn't ever actually listen to the fans because the fans don't actually know what they want and what they really want isn't what's best for business that's point number 1
0: um i'll let i'll let james kind of go first and and give his response to that if if you are primed and ready for that
1: <clears throat> okay so so let, let, let me get this straight. You're saying that the same people that watch AEW tonight will watch NXT tomorrow. Like every single fan.
2: I'm not saying everyone. There's going to be some who don't, but the majority of, of, and of the key word is mark. And my definition of a mark is anyone who li- lives, lives, eats, sleeps, shits, fucks wrestling. That's all they think about is wrestling. Okay. Those so, people watch both shows.
1: And that may be the case, but I think you misunderstood my 47 minute rebuttal. Because I, look, the point of what I was trying to make, and I'll clarify it a little bit better in a, in a calmer tone now that it's been a couple of days and I've had time to To process all of this. Um, The the point I was trying to make. Is. You claim. That. You're talking about these people. That all they care about is wrestling. Yet. You're the same exact person. Not Um, necessarily. To the point of maybe. You don't care about. Football, basketball, whatever. And my point was. Instead of shitting on these fans and calling them a dork and a nerd, because that's what people who don't watch wrestling called them anyway. Like, for and for instance, I sent a Snapchat to my best friend Madison tonight of me watching wrestling. And she said, you're a dork. She was joking. I know it because she tells me that all the time. But that's what they get called. My point is, if, if you really care about the business and progressing the business, then you would understand that the fans, those fans who find wrestling as an outlet uh, to to get rid of stress or anxiety or whatever the hell it may be, they... They care about wrestling because it gives them a platform to feel accepted. And isn't that what everybody wants? So for you as a wrestling fan, the shit on other wrestling fans is only going to make that number of people that watch wrestling decrease. So you keep shitting and saying, well, well, the current product isn't going to make wrestling numbers bigger. And at one point we had 10 million people and now all we have is 1.8 million. Well, it's because of people like you and Jim Cornette, who shit on the business and say the, the comedy gimmicks like Joey Ryan and Orange Cassidy and Marco Stunt aren't important. When we're not clearing that Orange Cassidy should beat Chris Jericho for the AEW title. We just love the spots that he does. I don't want to see Orange Cassidy as a champion. He's not a champion. He's just a comedy gimmick. I don't want to see Joey Ryan win the Impact World title, but he's a comedy gimmick. And it's fun. It's something different. It's what wrestling needs, some comedy. It's not all. The same thing in the 80s. So my point was maybe instead of attacking those fans, instead of attacking them, actually come to them and say, why do you enjoy this type of wrestling? And let them give their opinion and actually take a couple minutes and listen to them and then tell them, you know what, I think your opinion is garbage, but it's your opinion. That's what's so cool about wrestling is that it's up to the individual on what they enjoy, and you don't have to enjoy everything. That was my point of the matter. That's all I really have to say about this, and I'll repeat that every single minute of this rebuttal.
0: So... Oh, so ahead, if you if add you what he
2: just said with his other podcast, we have about an hour from saying stuff I won't remember tomorrow. Anyway.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I'm glad that you had mentioned about the uh, um, the fact that you kind of went back and rescinded your comment about the whole Monday Night Wars of flip back and forth and stuff like that because... As you were talking, that was actually be one of my points was that people would watch Raw live or Nitro live. Um, and, you know, one would record one on, on a VCR in another room to watch that the next day. Or I know that for Nitro, they would have reruns right after the show or later in that night. They would have some reruns, I think, throughout the week. Um, AEW's got uh, the stuff on demand. NXT's got their stuff on the network. I believe it's on Hulu, too. Um, and unless you record either shows. Um, I, I do know AEW typically does a one hour recap a uh, basically one hour condensed version of Dynamite on True TV. Uh, don't I don't know if it's on Saturdays or Fridays, but they usually do it right that same week. Um but anyway, so I mean, you have you have somewhat of an you some have have somewhat of outlets to watch both shows if you choose to. Now, majority of those AEW fans who look at the ratings and hold on to them either are doing it for nostalgic purposes because that's what they grew up with the Monday Night Wars on, or for some of these who are genuinely new fans, um, when they see these wrestling groups posting the ratings, they're like, you know, why why do we care about ratings, um. I don't. I don't. I didn't know this was a thing. We need to worry about is is us beating the other competition, and whatever the, the people think of that as being a sports feel of it's a competition, and you really can't generate. You know, you're not gonna have brand versus brand on a wrestling show and count those. The, the only thing you really have that goes against them is ratings, which yeah they do, but they don't matter as much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe the TV executives they do to a certain extent, but certainly not, not to too. us. It's not not much of a matter. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thing about it. it. (laughs) We're not, of course, stuck in the 80s and the 90s and the 70s where it's your big dudes versus big dudes and have at it, go after it, whatever. You're going to have to have those comedy reliefs because wrestling is, at its core, it's entertainment. So, unfortunately, you're going to have some entertainment relief some names that come to mind off the top of my head that were comic reliefs either during the ruthless regression era or right at the tail end of the attitude era, Eugene and the hurricane. Both were really comic roles mainly. Um, The hurricane won a couple championships, uh, but, but of course he could actually wrestle too. So I'm not, not discrediting him as just being a comic role, like an orange Cassie, for example, um, Joey Ryan, I believe, can wrestle too, but he does have that comedy act that I'm not very fond of. So there's, of course, there's something that we may agree on. With the Hurricane, yeah, he could he could wrestle, but I mean, at the same time, he was a he was a a comic role at its core, and especially with the whole SHIT with Rosie and that whole thing, they won the World Tag Team Championship. Um, Hurricane had a big feud with the Rock that. It was it believable? No. Should have. Should it? Should should it have been a feud? Probably not. But it's because The Rock is such a cool dude that he saw something in that. He ran with it, and I think created some pretty good television. Um, with Eugene, he had a quick little main event run there. He beat Triple H, I think, one or two times. Of course, not for the championship, and he never won a championship. But he he got over, and I wouldn't say Eugene was a good wrestler because most of his repertoire was stealing moves of other wrestlers. So, I mean, you can't really say he has a move set when he steals. I mean, even though basically wrestlers nowadays kind of copy off everybody, his was kind of an on purpose thing of I'm going to steal other people's because that's what he quote unquote grew up and watched. So wrestling as a whole, you kind of need that comic role to kind of take a breath for a second and then dive back into the good shit, the good stuff the main feuds, the storylines, having that comedy role for a few minutes, just to kind of debrief yourself, make you laugh a little bit, make you smile, make you kind of kick back for a minute, catch your breath, and then dive more into whatever is going on. Storyline wise, to me is necessary. You're going to need that for your show, your product, your brand, your company, not saying that, that like, like James said, Orange Cassidy, if, if he won the world title, I, I give everybody $30. I mean, should it happen? Never. Will it happen? I hope not. I hope not. Um, And I hope it doesn't win a secondary title because that's just, he's just there for comic relief. So, you know, and then and, and there's that. So, um, you know, I, going back quickly to your definition of a mark, I basically consider myself as one, even though, yeah, I know, you know, difference of right and wrong. I know reality versus not reality. I follow sports, love sports. I, almost at my core, I would consider myself a mark. If, if the world ended tomorrow or if I had to be stranded on the island with one thing, it'd probably be the WWE Network. <laughs> well, except for my girlfriend, of course. But I mean, one thing that I could take with <laughs> me for entertainment purposes, that's not my. We won't tell Haley. Well, no, that, that's why I need to resend that real quick. That's not a person. Of course, I would take Savannah and Haley. I would take Haley in a heartbeat. But if I had to take something for...
1: I'd take Haley in a heartbeat, but fuck her daughter.
0: Oh, okay, hold on. What are you talking th- Hold on. Come on <laughs> oh now. Oh, boy. Come on now. <laughs> really? I said I'd take Haley and Savannah, but if it's one person, it's one person. You can't, really can't have a conversation with a four-year-old like that. And I'm not waiting three years for her to grow up to have more and more conversations, only to <laughs> her to say, hey, Savannah, we're stuck on this shredded island all by ourselves my daughter. This is going to sound so effing gross. I can't, I can't reproduce. So, I mean, <laughs> what are we just going to do? Sit here on this island, eat coconuts all day and just talk about life because ain't much else we can do. So, I would want to take at least my girlfriend so I can reproduce and maybe have some <laughs> more fun with other things and whatever else. Whatever the case may be. If well, I had to take one other thing Yes, if I had to take one other thing besides a human being To take with me, and if I had the means to do it, I would either take the WWE network or I take something to where I can plug into and watch wrestling DVDs because that's at my core what I am as a Mark.
2: So here's 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 let me redefine my definition to make it more simple.
0: If no, I'm not saying that you're not. I I get your definition. I really do. I'm just saying that at my core, I would consider myself a Mark. So I mean.
2: I would consider myself, well, not necessarily because my an easier way for me to, to figure out if who a mark is. If I, if I went to someone and said, hey, you wake up tomorrow morning and, and you find out that the world of wrestling no longer exists, does it hurt your feelings? If you say yes, you're a mark.
0: I, mean, I would say yes. I would say yes and be like, but it is what it is. just going to get over it.
2: If I woke up in the morning and found out that WWE, AEW, and the whole world of wrestling no longer exists, could I move on without it?
0: Yeah. I absolutely. Like I, would <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. I would be like, shit, that sucks. That's what i kind of grew up with and known my whole life. know a lot about it. Sucks, but hey, it is what it is. And I would have, right. of course, I'd move on. Yeah. For those people that live in their mother's basements and can't, you know, the internet warriors of the world and... and don't see the light of day and whatever else. Yeah. Then and, and so those, see, th-
2: those were the exact people that I was talking about in my podcast. Anyone outside of that, you, me, James, we all understand things that are outside the world of wrestling. And we, we at least walk outside at least once a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know if it's a walk for James. He more so rolls out. that <laughs> <night>. <laughs>
0: Oh God!
2: Um, but um, yeah, those were the people I was describing. So I really think that James, more so James got butt hurt that I was talking about about no. the, the butt well. Butt. Remember,
0: he was at a press, so we're not sure if he was butt hurt or just suffocating, and that's the only way he could talk. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yes, it wasn't. It wasn't that I was you. You directly attacked me, so let me respond. I, it wasn't that I was butthurt. It was the fact that I feel like that there's no, it does no good for you to intimidate or bully the, the these people who, yes, sir, they might not necessarily have the, the so. social structure
2: as. As a, um, so, I'm gonna pause you right here. Do you like MJF? Yes. My argument's over. I'm playing a gimmick. Sure. Like, I'm trying to be a heel. MJF does the same exact thing.
1: Okay, but then, that's the that's a there's a difference. MJF is a professional wrestler,
2: and I'm a you, wrestling podcaster who plays a character that you don't seem to see as a, a character.
1: No, because it's not a character until what you really fucking believe. So if it was a and character, And that's, wh-
2: that's where you get the best characters. I don't know if I'm gonna give you a little insight. I'm I'm, I'm gonna give you a little insight on how Vince Russo made his characters. He took he uh, he did a psych a psych examination of his people that he was trying to make a character for, and he found out what they know and what they like, and then he would make a gimmick around that. So when that way it seemed more real, because the realer it is, so
1: so at the end of the day, I guarantee you, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Is cool with Cody and and Conrad Thompson. They're they're really cool. They're probably cl- really close together. His gimmick, he makes fun of Conrad. He calls him a fat ass and a fucktard and all of his because he shit. is. Well, that's what you that's what you believe. So and he's appealing to the, to be a heel. But at the end of the day, everything MJF says. It's not what he really believes. When he signs autographs and calls girls whores, he doesn't mean that, that's just his character. The person behind MJF doesn't really believe that, but the character MJF does. So you have to separate it. So if you're saying your character is based upon what you deem true in reality, then it's what you believe. And therefore I do believe I have the right to criticize your character.
2: Criticize, criticize, criticize.
1: No, no, But back to what I was saying, I don't see how it benefits for you to bully and make fun of these fans where all they want is a place to feel feel accepted in the world because they can't feel accepted anywhere else. And if you take a look at what wrestling was meant to be.
2: You're... Part of this wrestling is for everybody movement, aren't you?
1: Yes, I fucking am. And listen. So what about listen.
2: the what about that pedo trainer that just got arrested in 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 Florida? Is oh, wrestling for him?
1: He's a criminal. He should be doing time in jail. But anyway, let let let's let's get going back. Let me let me talk. This is the thing. Don't interrupt me. I haven't, I haven't interrupted you. Don't interrupt me. Oh boy.
2: Um. He's getting but, out of breath, Cody. <laughs>
0: See you know now now James the only thing that I can say at the moment is you as as I'm hoping you're catching your breath a little bit as I'm talking yeah there you go breathe in <laughs> Kama Sutra I mean that's sexual shit whatever <laughs> the the Lama <the> <laughs> anyways um, your brother can be a bully have you fucking looked at him <laughs> yeah he can be a bully i nobody gonna go up to him and fuck with him right okay I, mean, but, I wouldn't
1: but but. Sure, nobody's going to attack them, but that still doesn't make it right for him to go up and say, you know what, you lazy sons of bitches, all you do is watch wrestling, um, get outside and, and enjoy life and all of this shit. All they want to do is feel accepted. They, they don't have an Go average. make
2: some friends. Go to the YMCA. Lose some weight.
1: Okay, here's the thing. A lot <laughs> of the- And if you listen to my recent podcast that I, that I released right before AEW started- This out this well yesterday because it's already past midnight here. Um, if you listen to it, here's the thing the people that that are who you call the marks, that all they do is watch wrestling, they're they're outcasts, they're the, the unpopular people that don't have any friends, and that's not their fault, so to say. They just they're that's just who they are. So, but. They have an outlet here with wrestling because a lot of people who watch wrestling are have the same exact issues, so to speak, and so they can. So, and for wrestling, it's a way for them to escape reality. For a minute, they have somebody that they can look up to. For a minute, they have somebody that they can right. idolize. Now, That's don't tell me,
2: because your whole point seems to be that you think that this is what wrestling was always meant to be. It's not. I've met wrestling fans from the 80s at these local events who've been watching since Gorilla Monsoon was wrestling or commentating, uh, which was a long time ago if you didn't know that. No, no.
1: Uh, I get where you're going.
2: That – uh don't interrupt they, me. They go, nah, nah, nah. People in the 80s went to wrestling events not because they wanted to feel accepted, but because they just wanted to see grown men beat the shit out of each other.
1: Okay. And if you were to let me finish, back then, back in the 80s, that was what wrestling was. But we're in 2019, and wrestling today is different. And that's what my point is, is you have to understand. And regardless of... I don't, And I hate to bring... Politics into wrestling, because I don't think you should bring politics into wrestling, but you have to understand the business as a whole has gone more progressive
2: Yes, and as I quoted earlier on nWA's Facebook page, snowflakes is what 's killing wrestling, like they killed everything else
1: but but here's, how, here's what you have to understand is wrestling in two thousand and nineteen is not the same thing as wrestling in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. You can't, you can't, just because of how society has changed, you can't joke about what you used to be able to joke about. Is it wrong? That's up to an individual interpretation. Should people be as thin-skinned? Probably not, but that's what it is. And you have people who watch yeah. wrestling, who watch wrestling, and they have an outlet that they can use to talk about something that they honestly love and feel accepted in. That have eating disorders and mental issues. That that is their escape for three hours of fucking night on Monday night or two hours on a Wednesday. They actually can feel like they don't. They're not suffocating and they're all mental so, health.
2: So characters, because this is. This is a lot of what I was saying on my other podcast. This is the, this right, that what you just mentioned is the exact reason why we don't have, outside of MJF, I think now that we don't have any true heels because everyone's afraid to be hated. This is why it took Bayley so long to completely make her heel turn because she wanted the approval of the fans. And this is the reason why Ambrose didn't want to be a heel when he was in WWE because he didn't want to lose the approval. Of Who cares about the when you're a heel? You shouldn't care about the fans' approval. Your goal is to make them hate you. And so, who cares about the fans' feelings if you're doing your job the right way?
1: And so, I would say, who cares about the people who hate Orange Cassidy? Then, because he's doing his job, isn't he? He's making people laugh. Right. He's over. So why are you hate on him so much?
2: Because I can hate on who I want to hate on. Anyway, you're making... You're drawing this point out. Can I move on to the next point?
1: No, 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 no.
2: I wasn't done. Jesus Christ. We're going to be here till 3 in the morning. (laughs) No. (laughs) Let me finish. You're the one who told me to keep it under an hour. So I'm trying to keep it under an hour.
1: Anyway. Yes. I do believe wrestling in 2019. Wrestling... The landscape has changed. So you have to you have to make sure that, and call it what it call it what you want. Call me a fucking snowflake if you want on this point, but you you can't just go out there and be like, and segregate half of your fan base because perfect example now, N.W.A. I guarantee look I'm gonna steal your gimmick. I guarantee that whatever the fuck their poor ratings were for this last episode that they had will be cut in half next next Tuesday.
2: I doubt it because the people who watch N.W.A. are old white folk.
1: No, no, because here, here's here's why it's going to be cut in half. Because you have the people who are upset that Cornette said what he said, and that it was allowed through the taping, and it wasn't edited out beforehand, and they're not going to watch N.W.A. anymore. And then you have the people that are on the opposite spectrum that don't think Cornette should have been released or resigned or whatever. I think he was fired and they're just trying to keep it under control. Um, that, because Cornette is gone, they're no longer watching NWA. And so that s- small little fan base that are just like, I don't care. This is the best wrestling that I've seen all week. Those are going to be the only people that watch NWA anymore. You've segregated your fan base because – of trying
2: to... Because Jim print. Cornette played a heel character.
1: There's a difference between being a hair character and saying something that is offensive and racist. Here's the thing. He used,
2: he, he used that same exact line in 1995. And no and one raised and, a hair about it.
1: Okay, him. but the culture, the culture... The, the and also, of, it's
2: Jim Cornette. You, you got to expect the unexpected. Well, like He says some crazy stuff almost every week. Okay. He literally uh, on the air in like the fourth episode said that, that, uh, what the hell is his name? Eli Drake was was slicker than cum on a golden tooth. No one, no one raised any hell about that.
1: Okay, because there's nothing offensive about that. There's something offensive about saying that a white
2: dude. Can he was run making a joke about how tough and how big Trevor Murdoch okay. was. Okay.
1: But you don't have to institute race. That's all I'm saying. Because did bring race
2: into it. The fans did. News break. Black people aren't the only people that eat black uh, that eat fried chicken.
1: Okay, but anyway, back to my final That's point. That's my point, I
2: mean, is that fan, the fans are the ones who are making this a thing about race. Jim Cornette said nothing about race. Back to my next know. point, though. Cause no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Last thing. Last thing. Wrestling in 2019 is... For everyone, you have to make sure that your whole fan base feels accepted. And however that means. So, where do we draw the
2: line? Because this wrestling is for everyone thing has been going on for a couple of years now. And it's coming out that we have pedophiles who work in major companies, and we have pedophiles who are training, and we okay. have people that are as young as nine years old. So, where do we draw? Wrestling is not for everyone.
1: I'm not saying the wrestlers itself, I'm saying wrestling fans that you need to create a product that is acceptable for everyone in your target market. Meaning, you can't make fun of trans people, you can't have your commentators making fun of trans people, or you can't have your commentators making fun of black people, white people, Jewish people, whatever the hell, because you're going to segregate your fan base. And you want to talk about gaining the casual fans all the time. That shit is not how you gain casual fans. And that's how you lose your loyal fans as well. Mm. You have to make sure that everyone from the straight white man to the non the, to the asexual I chop my cock off in the middle of Jewish town guy feels accepted watching the show
2: yeah cause that's perfectly acceptable what you just said but anyway
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll go with uh, the catchphrase that I use that I've heard and I don't remember who said it but it's true wrestling is for anyone but not for everyone exactly anybody that can watch sense. it anybody can like it but not everybody is going to unfortunately
2: Right. Anyway, moving on to my next point that I wanted to get to a couple of, like, hours ago. Um, My next point is, in our current world of wrestling, we do not have a single star that has ever or will ever reach the level that Flair, Hogan, Austin, or The Rock got to. Notice that out of those four, which I would consider my Mount Rushmore of wrestling, None of those four were world-class in-ring technicians, but what they could do was tell a story and put asses in seats. The point being that I forgot, more so I responded to Cody's podcast. More so, I didn't really care about James' podcast because, you know, he just spits stuff and doesn't think about what he's trying to say and takes 12 minutes to catch his breath while he's thinking of his next point. Anyway, my point being that if all you guys care about is in-ring work, I don't want anything to do with that world of wrestling. If the story is not being told, I think this was more so along the lines of someone said something about me wanting more promos and less wrestling matches in AEW. Um, what made Rock entertaining? It wasn't his in-ring work. It was his promos. Same with Austin. Same with Flair. Flair could wrestle, but he wasn't the greatest in-ring wrestler. Same with Hogan. All Hogan could do was a leg drop. and But he, he told a story with his words to the point that even now, WWE brings, brings these people back to get people over. And so my point being is that we – I forgot the dude who said that – 2019, 2020 was going to be the start of the wrestling boom, and we're gonna have a boom in wrestling again. Where, where if I were to ask anyone who had, who does not watch wrestling, if I were to go up and show them the pictures of major champions for the major companies, outside of Chris Jericho, not a single which could also be added onto the list that I that I named, but outside of Chris Jericho, not a single world champion would be recognized by an outsider. Whereas in 1998, everyone knew who, Rock, who The Rock was. Everyone knew who Stone Cold was. Everyone knew who Bret Hart was. They were part of the culture. Whereas wrestling today has now become counterculture, where it's a niche market of the culture that only a certain amount of people know anything about it. And we don't have any superstars it does that make me old school? Sure. But that's just the type of you need to be able to build a storyline to get me to want to watch. And if you can't do that, I don't care about your in-ring work. So so
0: so Let me go have... let me go first on this one.
1: Okay.
0: I'll let you breathe for a second there, sir. <laughs> um so I, I love a good story as much as anybody. Believe me. I, I really do. As much as I preach in-ring work, I really do appreciate a very good story when it's when it's told. Your Mountain Rushmore that you mentioned with Flair, Hogan, Rock, and Austin, we'll use those. I know you said Jericho might be on there or Bret Hart or anything like that, which whatever. Uh, Flair could definitely tell a story. Flair could deliver some of the best promos of anybody in the world but Flair was also a damn good technician in the ring. How many 60-minute matches has Ric Flair done in his career that has put over talent? Sting, Ricky Steamboat, Magnum TA, Dustin Rhodes. The list goes on. Ric Flair, now, now I mean, that's really the only one out of the three, but or of the four, but if you're going to include Flair on that list, then you have to include people like Bret Hart, who could tell a story, but was also a damn good in-ring technician too. Um. Hogan and Austin symbolize each other because they're good for two or three moves, and that's about it. But they could definitely tell a good story, and they can definitely talk people into the building and deliver great promos. Rock could tell a story in the ring as well. Rock could definitely be—I uh, mean, he—he he could sell his ass off, and um, he prided himself on being good in the ring as well. I could name a lot more Rock matches that I thought were memorable, and it could. Hogan and Austin probably combined, but once again, subject to opinion. Wrestling in the eighties and early nineties were about characters, character, 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 character. WWF had a damn uh, dinosaur, they or Mantor, They had the goon, you know, the dumpster drosey, one man gang. I mean, they had Repo Man. Yeah, they had. Characters upon characters upon characters
2: And and I'm not saying we should go back to that Because that was was garbage It's just as childish as we're at now But my point is We don't have a memorable star That can talk people into the building Because Seth Rollins isn't going to do it for you
0: No No and I I mean I'm not disagreeing with that I do think of course Jericho Might be pretty much the only person at the moment That could That could do it I think if CM Punk had stayed around and continued his 2011 run and didn't get burned out, didn't get tired, whatever, he probably could have done that because CM Punk towed that company line. He was basically the new Austin just better in-ring technician. Um, and even then, I mean, people still... And now that he went to UFC, CM Punk is a more household name than before. Whether MMA fans think he's a joke or not, whatever, they still know who he is. So I think him coming back to wrestling, and if he actually wrestled, it probably could bring back a lot more eyes to the product than we think. Because people will be like, CM Punk, didn't he get his ass kicked in MMA and now he's back to wrestling? Well, at least see what the hell he's going to do at first. And, And hopefully it's a very good, you know, presentation so that way people can actually watch again but um yeah as much as i preach in ring in ring work and i do for sure and i love a good story i mean i i could i could tell you great matches that had great storylines to them or great fuse that were drawn up because they had great storylines i could list too many of them because there's so many that are actually generally good but um while there isn't a main, main star besides Jericho, I do agree there definitely needs to be that that person. Problem is, in this day and age is just how do you build that person? I mean, MJF, if he becomes a champion, you know, he started out as a heel and then everybody loved him.
2: My thing is, I thought, I think we had, this goes back to my first point, I think we had that person in Roman Reigns, but the fans, thinking they knew everything, decided to shit on him we had the next big star he, because he could go to Hollywood. Roman Reigns would be better off going to Hollywood at this point than staying in WWE. He was the next star.
0: And I think at the moment, MJF is pretty much that next star because Austin was a heel for two years. Yep. I mean, the Stone Cold character happened in the 96 and right as the King of the Rings stuff happened, Going to 97, he was a heel, he was a heel, he was a heel, right. and then people started liking him, and that's when the kind of culture turned, Right? yeah, and that's when the culture turned on itself, and I mean, The Rock, same way, heel, 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 people loved him. Um, Hogan, in his late 90s, was the biggest heel right. in the world, and people loved right. him. So, I think if uh, people at the moment generally actually hate MJF because of the shit he does, and maybe in a couple of years, he continues this. He could, he could be a, that breakout star. But um, we need more guys like that that just don't, you know, don't give a shit about the outside world. Focus on your character and focus it to the umpteenth degree, like an MJF. Have that work ethic like that. Be like a CM Punk as far as a person that speaks your mind or whatever, and have the character and development of MJF. Kind of that the, the not, it's not a perfect combination, but it's a interesting combination if you did that right
2: I'm okay. in. okay great um try to keep it like 5 minutes
1: <laughs> and and so i guess we're talking about in ring promos and all of this here's the thing we live in a culture nowadays in a world nowadays where wrestling and creation of promos and a wrestling material is almost accessible to every wrestling fan outside of the two- or three-hour weekly episodic television show. So, in my opinion, and nowadays, I think the majority of your show needs to be in-ring work, building the feud, and then outside the show, through social media, through YouTube, through all of these other outlets,
2: that's where you build your. So, first off, you're missing your the promo. entire point of what I just said. We're talking about star power here, buddy. Okay. Name I'm one going. wrestler that you know of that can be a star like Austin was.
1: Off the top of my head, sure. Tessa Blanchard.
2: We got a lot to fix you on. Uh, Tessa
1: Blanchard. She is the hottest thing, not only because she's a female and she's good looking, but she is the hottest commodity in all of wrestling. And
2: okay, so here's can, what I want you to do: I want you to go down to Charlotte Douglas with a picture of Tessa Blanchard, and and ask someone if they've watched wrestling. And if, and if they say no, be like, "Do you know who this is?" And they're not going to know. Well, we're in the Charlotte market, so they probably might because she used to live here. But that's my thing. If I were to hold up a picture of someone who's never watched wrestling of Stone Cold Steve Austin, they would know. If I were to hold up a picture of, let's just take someone who's not as known, like Roddy Piper. They might not have known him for his wrestling, but he was a cultural star because he he played in movies. That's my thing. You don't have anyone in this generation that can do that.
1: We're talking about. Are we talking about star power and as much as carrying wrestling? No, I'm next talking generation.
2: To, so when you think of Austin, Rock, Flair, and Hogan, those four outside of wrestling were were known by see, everyone. They were see we li-
1: we live in a different culture nowadays, to where everything is so accessible. The only reason those four people were able to carry res- carry their their character outside of wrestling was because they. Had to keep kayfabe twenty four seven. We live in a culture nowadays where every wrestler goes by their character on Monday, but on Tuesday they're sharing they're sharing drinks with people with the opposite brand. So you're not going to have that.
2: It has nothing of- to do with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin in 1996, seven and eight. Was probably the hottest thing in wrestling. Okay. after he won King of the Ring and then 97 with the Screwjob um, created Evil McMahon of the 98, 99, 2000 we had probably one of the hottest feuds in all of wrestling with McMahon and Austin we don't have and, and and you can go to any anybody at any mall or airport that even if they did not watch wrestling knew who Stone Cold Steve Austin was Any even if they don't know The Rock or in, from his wrestling, they know him because he was a cultural character. John Cena was but one.
1: Wrestling isn't as much as a, cult, doesn't have as much as a cultural impact on, point. on mainstream culture as it did 30 years ago because wrestling was never meant to be the main cultural concept. Wrestling in its form was supposed to be counterculture from the beginning and made fun of the mainstream culture. Wrestling was never meant to be the coolest thing in the world. It was cool for the longest time because of the people you were mentioning, but that's never what its intention was. Wrestling was never meant to be part of mainstream. It was meant to be a, it was made to be a a counterculture niche carnival.
2: Mm. If you think Tessa Blanchard is going to carry this industry, You got to wake up.
1: I think think she's carrying Impact Wrestling to the best it's been since 2013. I think she's the hottest wrestler in 2019. I think she's the best overall wrestler of 2019. Hmm. But again, wrestling is up to individual interpretation. There's nothing that is set in stone in wrestling. You can't have a legitimate best in the world in professional wrestling because it's all up to the
2: individual.
0: I would definitely say Tessa Blanchard's the most polarizing wrestler yeah, in twenty nineteen.
2: Tessa Blanchard's only popular because she's she was willing to take the chance and and do intergender stuff, which personally is not for me. I actually go into that in this, in my podcast that I just released earlier today. Or Wednesday, that intergender, to me, it's, I mean, you can go listen to it. I'm not going to go into depth here because that's not what we're talking about. But if she wins the title, I guarantee you I'm never watching Impact again because it's Why? not real. Because it's Why? not realistic.
1: Okay, and, and here's yeah. the point. Was wrestling supposed Cause he, to be a realistic?
2: Because here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. If she wins the title, she can win it from Callahan. But what happens when Brian Cage comes up and tries to she I,
1: did what she did she did what she did on Tuesday night and she got her ass handed to her but in storyline world she is agile and she's able to reverse his moves and that 's how she went she didn't win to by the, kicking to, his but, ass but, but
2: but but what it's doing is it's 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 um questioning the my my ability i i'm a I'm, i like to think that i'm a smart human being and that i I kind of understand what what's real and what's not Brian Cage in real life would beat the fuck out of Tessa Blanchard as he was going to jail for putting his hands on a woman. That's my thing. You want to get so upset about me hurting people's feelings because culture's changing, but you you're also the type of person that wants to show men and women fighting when in but it's, real but life not... Brian Cage would get domestic violence charges put on.
1: Okay, but it but it is it domestic violence if they both agree to the to, to the fight? No. Because so what if he steps up
2: behind it. her in, in storyline world and attacks her without her consent of signing on to a match? Or what if she gets physically harmed because Brian Cage well, actually, does, a move that, that does a move that men can, can actually do to other men, but when it's done to a female who are physically less strong as men are, they get I don't,
1: I, I don't know if you've seen Tessa work out her videos on Instagram, but she power lifts like 500 pounds. She's one of the strongest motherfuckers in the world. Um, and uh, the reverse actually happened. Tessa didn't get hurt. Uh, Tessa bloodied Brian Cage on Tuesday. She busted his lip open. So, um, don't like I don't know. I feel like you're hating on Tessa.
2: Without now, even I, watching I, I think Tessa Blanchard's great. I think the only reason she is, is where where she is because there's no place for her in their women's division. On any other no. company, she would be women's champion. But there's no place for her because she's done everything you needed to do in the knockouts division.
1: She's never won the knockouts title. She lost to Taya.
0: Here's a quick question. and I know I'm not trying to get off topic here, but It's not really off topic because it's still in the same relevancy. Do we view Tessa Blanchard differently than we did China?
2: No, I actually talked about this. I feel that they're using her as their thing with China. And I, if I was a fan in '90, whenever she when she won the Intercontinental Championship, I would also be against China doing intergender just because they're. More muscular doesn't mean they're not female. Like Tessa Blanche can it can bench press five hundred or deadlift five hundred pounds. Good for her. Her body is not meant to take a beating from a man. Just just going off straight anatomy, women are less less st- or less strong. Men are physically stronger than women, and to me, it just makes no sense for someone who wants to say that. We live in a culture, blah, 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 blah. But we're, up, we're going to allow men to beat up on women.
1: They're not actually hitting each other. Like, that's the thing is I'm smart enough to realize it's not a real fight. It's a staged fight.
2: But what about the the 13-year-old girl who's watching it and said, Thanks, gets the wrong idea that men can hit on women because they can't differentiate between real and and not real.
0: In a way, they shouldn't watch wrestling because they usually will tell you not to do anything at home. Or, you know, it's it's entertainment, it's supposed to be. But uh,
1: I guess that's up to a
0: a person's perception.
1: And to counteract that, then, then what do you tell the seven-year-old who's watching AEW um, when uh, Omega and Moxley are killing each other over shattered glass? You're going to tell them, oh, it's okay to... No. people, Kids are smart enough to know not to play with glass. That's a stupid reason. Are they, though?
0: Let's just show them ECW, CZW and the shit from the 90s.
1: Yeah, like, when, when we were growing up and we went to that one indie show, I don't even fucking remember where it's at, and everybody left because they were beating each other up with, like, light poles and stuff and getting blood all over the walls. And they out kids there, kids are smarter than you think I think they I think a thirteen it, year old it starts knows, with the
0: parenting first
1: right so if if you, if you're a parent that's like do whatever the fuck you want well that's not wrestling's fault that's your your mom and your dad's fault for not teaching you the difference between what's real and what's not real
0: very true mhm.
2: I don't know. I'm going to have to go with Eli Drake on this one. Uh, Intergender wrestling has no place today. I don't think it's acceptable. Because if you didn't know, this was supposed to be Eli Drake's run. Yeah, it
1: it, it is supposed to be Eli Drake's run, and that's why he left and joined the shitty NWA.
2: Anyway, now we're going to go to my final point. This goes back to... Cody sort of, this is Cody's segment where he used his three cuss words, was about my comments on the 20-minute matches type thing. So, here is what I was trying to get at. Because he said something about, he was using the example of how he wanted to see how, Pac worked outside of WWE and you know we when we went to AEW there was Shanna and Jamie Hader and wrestlers we haven't seen that we would like to see their work on that's all fine and dandy Um however on your television show I do not care about your ring work I want you to tell me a story and sell the pay per view to me And then on the pay-per-view, you can display your ring work Because this this is the easiest way to build a show and to to build a pay-per-view. Let's just use WWE as an example. Because WWE doesn't even do this right anymore either. We end with, let's go from Survivor Series building to TLC. Survivor Series is on this Sunday. So Monday, promote and start your next feud or continue the feuds from the last pay-per-view build that for 4 weeks with this promos and 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 storyline and character development leading to TFC in December. Then you can put on your 20 minute, 60 minute, however long minute matches and display what you can do in the ring where where you because the pay per view matches were meant to do one of two things either continue the feud to the next pay per view or to end a feud and lead into your next one. But matches on TV do not at all need to be 20 minutes or longer.
0: James, if you want to go ahead and start, you can do that one,
1: okay? Um, again back to what I was saying before it's two thousand nineteen. You can you can promote a show in so many look, different ways.
2: Look, it could be nineteen eighty two or two thousand eighteen. Wrestling has been the same every like the, the formula the
1: has changed though.
2: Because in nineteen
1: eighty two they didn't have YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all of this other stuff to promote a show, promote a match.
2: The, yeah, yeah, but the, here's my thing. Even with AEW or AEW Dark or whatever they use, you don't need to have matches that are 20 minutes long. You can, and those outside things, those are technologies that you can use to assist you and to continually to build to the pay-per-view. But that's not how you use. The, the technology should not be solely just for where all your promo work happens. Promo work should happen there. Absolutely. It's a great thing we have now. But your promo work should happen on YouTube show as well.
1: You can't run a show, a three-hour show, with two hours of the show being promo work and one hour of the show being in-ring work. Or you can't run a two-hour show with an hour and a half of promo work and 30 minutes of in-ring work because people's attention span is so, so... We're so fast paced nowadays so that if you don't have something that keeps them hooked and somebody talking on a mic is not going to keep them hooked
2: to watching the show. It did in the it did in 98 because, again, it did when Pillman attacked Stone Cold or Stone Cold attacked Pillman.
0: That's a whole different story. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of an outlier. There's a reason why it's called Pillman's Got a Gun, because he had a real gun in his house. And Austin was still beating the shit out of people, so there was still at least a fighting part going into it. It wasn't somebody talking back and forth.
2: Anytime The Rock ever got on the mic, you listened.
0: I'm not saying that it's not always wrong. I'm just saying in that instance, the Pillman thing, it was just a little different. And
2: and And even now, when Triple H gets on the mic, I listen. Maybe I'm so. And I'm, I'm not saying it's different too. when
0: you're doing a seven minute promo. And a three hour show.
2: And I'm not even necessarily talking about being in the center of the ring or being backstage and doing promo work, doing vignettes that leads that are outside of the ring. We that's part of wrestling that we've lost. We haven't done and AEW's done a lot more of them where this change of scenery. Ha- so that's something I'll give them credit for but change the scenery from being backstage or in the ring and actually film and actually start being useful and creative and going outside of the arena and filming things that could take up space instead of just putting on five five, 15 to 20-minute matches and and then leaving minimum work for, for you to build up one promo to build up the Dark Order like they did today.
1: But see, you're missing AEW's thing. AEW's whole thing is they're doing their promo work on being the elite. So again, it's the it's the and idea. So for,
2: and so for the new fan who's never watched, being the elite, how are they supposed to know what the storyline is? it's called first...
1: being an active consumer.
2: Look, no, no, no. Look, if if you recommend it to a friend who has never watched wrestling before, hey, come over, we're going to watch AEW today. And they had Mm -hmm. no idea what the storyline was. How are they supposed to get into the show?
1: Well, see, if you're if you don't understand something going on and you know that I am an expert or I know a little bit more than you in that topic, I would expect you to to go to me and say, hey, can you explain what's going on and let me explain it to you? Just like if you I would never walk... ask
2: you to explain to me anything, because you would make a a two minute explanation last thirty minutes.
1: Okay, maybe so. I'm dr- I'm long winded. Everybody knows that. you have no wind because you keep sucking air.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, just, like, just like
1: just <laughs> like <laughs> just like if I were to walk uh... if I were to walk into a supermarket and I see a product I've never seen before. I'm not you just you eat be it, like, you
2: you consume it in the store and be like, mm, I think I'm going to buy some more."
1: No, that's stealing. <laughs> you can't steal food. Like you, like or you go to the you go to the deli and you're like, "Well, can you tell me what this is? Can you tell me?" Or you go to the wine section and you have like somebody like me. If I were to go to the beer and wine section of a Harris Teeter, I would have no idea the differences between a Pinot Grigio and a Chardonnay. I would have no idea the difference is. So you go and you ask somebody that works there that knows what the difference is. If you if you if you don't know what's going on, you ask somebody who knows, and then they'll tell you. Well, this is what's
2: happening. Okay, but step my point being, say, say, uh, let's just go with with Cody's girlfriend because she's the only one I could think of that's new to wrestling right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: If Cody would have got his girlfriend in the wrestling. And said, "Hey, we're gonna watch AEW," and she had no idea what was going on. Didn't know about AEW Dark. Didn't know about Being the Elite, and she didn't know the storyline. Yeah. How how would you expect her to be hooked onto a TV show? Like, because for me, I don't I don't watch Being the Elite, so I wouldn't know what's going on. So half these storylines I don't know about, and so how do you expect someone if all your promo work is on an opposite? Media outlet, because a lot of people just watch that. Watch...
1: That you you can't blame it on the company if you're going to be a lazy viewer and not watch all of their product. you Look, cannot when blame I AEW, TV, I'm, I'm not for trying that.
2: to. I'm not trying to watch the TV show and then watch the watch an episode of a of a a blog video that they do. Like I'm trying to just watch TV here. Like my favorite show is Mr. Robot. I'm not going to watch Mr. Robot and then expect for them to produce a YouTube series that I need to watch to understand the <laughs> show. Just give me the stuff on the show.
1: But you don't have enough time to explain every single thing on the show.
2: And and you have to... You have I mean, to... it's not like they're that complicated. They use the same 10 characters every week.
1: Who, AEW? Yes. Not really. They introduce new stars and bring how many, how many
2: matches does Shira have to win before she gets a title opportunity? Because she's, she's only... beaten Brett Baker and she's She's had matches against the champs.
1: Sheeta has had.
0: As far as I know, two wins.
1: Two wins on Dynamite. We're not counting pay-per-views. We're just counting Dynamite. Sheeta has been shown, I think, maybe at most three times on Dynamite. Nyla Rose has been in a match, I think, once or twice on Dynamite. They're not using the same superstars. Every single week. Oh, the champion I mean,
0: has been on Dynamite in a week or two.
2: Here, here, yes. no, what I'm talking about is, you, for the most part, until this week, you had Cody was definitely going to be shown. Everyone in the inner circle was going to be shown. The Bucks were going to be shown. SCU was going to be shown.
1: Because those are the storylines they are portraying right now. Just like every single week now, you'll see Janella and Sean Spears because they're a story. And you'll see SCU. And the Inner Circle, because there's a story there.
0: But you know what the greatest thing about that is? While Jericho and Scorpio Sky had a promo to deliver and draw people into what's going to happen next week, get people kind of built up for that and expect that, the Inner Circle didn't dominate the whole show. Yeah, they had uh, Pride and Powerful on the show. um, And they may have had... uh, um...
1: Guevara had his two minutes and...
0: In the Get battle, the yeah, kill. yeah, and I mean the elite still had Hangman Page, and they showed Omega, and that Matt Jackson was on there, um, but we had John Moxley and Darby Allen ending the show. So I mean they didn't dominate the whole thing, and even if they're showing every single week, they're not dominating the show. I barely sure. remember. I barely remember the fact that Samir Guevara got his ass kicked tonight. I barely remember the fact that, um, um, besides Matt Jackson, that. Some of the other members of the Elite were on the show. So, I mean, when you have a main event that doesn't feature them, it kind of helps you not remember that.
1: And, and like, the the match, the 12-man battle royal thing, when they had uh, Pentagon, and he was in the match for three seconds. Like, he's not, he's on the show every week, but he's not on the show for an hour every single week.
0: And I know that you're using it as an example and it's a good example. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to like prove you wrong or whatever the case may be. But I mean, because you said it was, it was the best example that came to your mind. So I can't fault you for that. But with my girlfriend,
1: I was going to mention this too. If I think I know. Yeah.
0: And I think, I think it's, it's just the way that people and maybe fans are these days. When I first introduced her to wrestling, it wasn't an AEW show because we didn't. Uh, we 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 went to our first show in February, and it was a New Japan show that went in Charlotte. She had absolutely no idea who any of these people were. She, I had not introduced her to New Japan at all. We didn't watch Wrestle Kingdom. I didn't introduce her to any of the stuff that was going on in AJ, NJPW. Um, some of the stars were either from PWX or even ROH. I've been to a PWX show, and I didn't watch. I haven't watched, I don't watch anything on PWX. I don't watch anything on our ways. So, I mean, I knew these people and I knew just about everybody who was on there because I do my research as a wrestling fan because I'm a wrestling fan. I want to know who's on the show, who these people are. And, um, and I mean, I've seen them on NJPW before. Her went into it completely just like a fish out of water, brand new, have no idea what's going on. She came out of that show wanting to go to another NJPW show if it was in Charlotte or anywhere near it because she loved the in-ring work. Now there was right. I mean there was no promos pretty much on the whole show because it was that's NJPW for you. It's a strictly well, it's a wrestling well, here's show.
2: My, here's, my thing. here's my thing with this show. The show that you're talking about <clears throat> was an indie show that was it was yes, it was NJPW, but it had it was an indie show just for the night. It wasn't building towards anything, leading anything else.
0: It would have though, because it was their Americas tour building towards their next event. But because they didn't get those visas in time, they had to basically scrap together a show. But it was supposed to right. be but, but a even, road two show. But
2: even so, comparing an indie show like to me as much okay, as okay, well, okay. But I'm well, talking about t- people who are on TV because there's okay, two separate look, things. Because I don't look, have the same standard for PWX that I do for AEW WWE because they uh, don't help. have a TV show.
1: Well, let me use my example then that I was going to bring up. When when I introduced the great Ben Bolt to NXT, I was watching it in class, just watching it with my headphones on, and Ben sat next to me, and he just started watching it. He couldn't even fucking hear commentary. My headphones were in, and he didn't know who any of these guys were. Uh, I assume he did his own research, because that's how I got Ben introduced into wrestling was just him sitting next to me and watching what I was watching on a a computer screen and Mr. Somerville's uh, sports marketing class. Hmm. And Ben didn't ask me who any of the wrestlers were. I assume he sat there and did his own research.
2: He must have got – you must have picked the – uh, a clean shot of a because I got in trouble for watching wrestling in his class. I guess, I guess, a great American bash with the Braun panties match wasn't the, the greatest thing to watch in school. Jesus,
0: you say that's where you went wrong. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Come on now.
1: I was watching Hideo Atomic and Sammy Cal... Oh, no, sorry, what was it? Solomon
2: Crow. Hmm, funny how neither of them are with the company no more. Um.
1: Funny how both of them are doing better than their WWE band.
2: anyway I think we're done we ain't got nothing else to talk about
0: just like obviously at said. the end of the day we're all going to have our opinions and we're right. not I mean the, the, it's not going to resolve anything because we're at the end of the day still going to have our own opinions and um, if anything it just provides great t- uh, content for the listeners and draws them mm-hmm. to their own minds and conclusions and thinkings of how a show should be, how a show shouldn't be. It would be the greatest thing in the world and it'd be fantastic is if we both, all three had our own wrestling companies, ran it our own ways, see who watched it the most. <laughs> Obviously in the perfect world, that'd be great, but none of us have that kind of money, resources or anything. Um, the best we, can well, do we could do is be- do a universe mode on WWE. <laughs> so.
1: we, we could, there's a bunch of churches in Landis, North Carolina, that aren't being used right now. I'm sure we can p- buy one of them for like 5 bucks and and start a uh the outlaw wrestling uh promotion.
0: You would need a ring. You didn't got one of those yet. Tax season, baby.
1: Tax season, pay- I got to pay off my credit card.
0: Tax, Tax season we're putting towards wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, obviously, we're all going to have our rebuttals and our arguments and our discussions and whatnot. That's what creates great content is when you have your own opinions and you're different and whatever. And even James and I, even if we agree on a lot of things, we still are different. I mean, I don't like everything Impact has, and he really enjoys Impact. So, I mean, there's still some stuff we don't agree on. But, hey, that's the beauty of it is that we all have our own opinions and stuff like that. Uh, The biggest thing is that you find your niche, you find what you You like, what you want, and that's all you can ask for, is that with a lot of products out there, you're bound to find something to sink your teeth into and watch. But with that being said, everybody listen to the newest episodes of Unhinged with Randall Beely. I know he just released one uh, before this recording, so take a listen to that. Stay tuned to the page there on Facebook um and the old Twitter machine if you still have one. And stay tuned with that and watch his or listen to his show as well. Listen to also Tank of the Bump with uh, James Beatley as well. Uh, new content on there as well. It's fun to do these three way rebuttals when they don't take three hours to do, but uh somehow, some way we'll uh we'll have to do one rebuttal per episode maybe and just do one main point point off of that. So any final thoughts, gentlemen?
2: Oh, first off, this podcast is going to be about three hours long. So I'm sorry to your listeners. Um, uh, I just like Cody said, and what he's constantly said, and this is where I tend to uh, always pay more attention to Cody than I do, James, is because as much as James wants to hate on me for having my style and trying to force it on other people, I get the same vibe out of him. Uh, Cody's more, you know, level-headed and doesn't try to convince people to, that their way is right. Um, James, you're, uh, you're the type of, per- in my podcast earlier, I, I described AW Marks as having Cody, Cody Rhodes dick in their mouth and Tody Khan's dick in their ass Probably that's why you're out of breath all the time. What um,
0: <laughs> um, what a hell a of a comparison!
2: Yeah, um, you're uh, you're that person. Uh, so if you could just, you know, I get you don't like WWE, and I'm going to be the first to admit the product is awful. But you you've said it before, Cody said it before. Just if enjoy the if you if you don't enjoy, it, that's cool, and I get that's why you don't watch, but don't don't shit on it for others um and like like i don't like i don't necessarily care about AEW, and i'll but i watch it and i'll voice my opinion on what i don't like about it but at the end of the day i don't really care about it it's not my main goal to tell people to stop watching aw um and my final thoughts is um nxt for life uh and I'm still standing by my comment that Adam Cole is the greatest thing in wrestling today.
0: Uh, oh, I'm, I thought you said it was they called us.
2: He's the greatest champion. Okay. But the greatest okay. overall wrestler is Adam Cole.
0: <clears throat> Baby. Okay. That's a fair point. James, any final comments? Guess Uh-oh. not. James? Jamesy, baby. Did I hear... Uh, Oh, no. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) That's that's how the rebuttal ends. It's going to ignite a new rebuttal for three weeks to come. (laughs) Well, if James comes back in the next 15 seconds, we'll let him have his final say. If not, then, uh, well, we'll have to close a chapter on this. Wait for the the newest...
2: Be be on the lookout for taking the bump because he's going to probably... Take that part of the clip and create a whole new mess of drama uh, saying that I said that AEW fans suck dick or something. It's a metaphor.
0: Which would be interesting because then I would be like the mediator even though I'm supporting AEW, so that's interesting how that would work. Right. But either way, listen to what you guys listen to. Hopefully you listen to all three of the podcasts because you get a very good insight and idea as to how all of our three of our thinkings are. It's maybe different in some comparison. Um, so if, that's if a you guys great like thing. good
2: podcast. Uh, if you go to the Round Network, R E L M, and you pay like, it's like $5 a month, you get some great content out of Stevie Richards and Ben Hamin and Vince Russo. So uh, I plug them for you. Still trying to get him to plug me, but that sentence didn't come out right at all.
0: <laughs> you see, and that's why I don't plug people like that. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just go on YouTube for free and watch like something to wrestle with or 83 weeks or even sitting ringside with David Benzer. Yeah. Either way, there's a bunch of stuff anyway, out there, which is of great. See,
2: yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can uh, We've got an
0: update that James has died due to no AC, so that's why he's not back. And so uh
2: for the first time I've been compared to Cornette, which is awkward because I'm blocked by him on Twitter, so <laughs>
0: i'm like corny but i don't know what corny is like anymore because i don't know what he does which is great either way guys uh i hope you enjoyed this very long episode of beyond the curtain like i said if we ever have any more rebuttals which i'm sure we will down the road we're going to take it one step at a time instead of all three at once as much as that may pain us to do three different episodes at least it would you know give us all content on our own channels and whatnot but for the time being, listen to Unhinged Wrestling Podcast with Randall. Listen to Tank of the Bump with James. Also listen to yours truly here at Beyond the Curtain. Either way, the Outlaws Wrestling Network is live and in time. Live and in style is what I meant to say. Um, so we got a whole bunch of content out there, guys. So just listen to it. Like, share, follow everything. Most importantly, enjoy the rest of your day, night, evening. And we will see you guys next time on Beyond the Curtain.